Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 18 of the 2014 offseason. This is show 130. Good times all around. Sitting here as usual with Houdini to my left. Dogmatic is out again. Uh, I promise you he's still on the podcast. We miss you, buddy. Hope you feel better. Uh, Get you back soon. And we can make some funny-ass sounds when you get sick. You throw up. I mean, it's unique. You never hear that shit any other time. Literally. I never make that sound ordinarily. And you ever just, you ever heave from your nuts like you just get, get one of them go. This is going to be our fourth in 11 days. We're rolling. Fourth podcast in 11 days. Holla, we caught up fellas and smellas and ladies. And uh, we're psyched. Truth is, we just can't get enough of this stuff. And in this podcast, we got a good uh, little one-two punch of uh, content that we're going to provide. And it's going to be breakout players and sleepers. So we've kind of covered both topics since the Super Bowl in this 2014 offseason. Um... But we're going to give an updated version. To be honest, I think Breakout was our first podcast after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was very early. Yeah, very early. So we're going to come out with some more Breakouts, some more information. The landscape a little bit more uh, dotted and nailed down for each of the 32 teams. And uh, we're psyched to talk about those. So the Breakout players and the Sleepers. A good thing that's going to happen today, you might mention that uh, we, we always say the word... When we crack a drink, uh, Valverde. Well, the one and only Valverde has uh, since been helping us out with content here and there. Enjoyed joined the mix here at Pyro, and uh, good, good guy. And we're gonna have him on for a little bit of the segment. He's gonna give us a few of his uh, breakout players at the end of that segment, and then we'll lead into that sleepers. And he's gonna give us uh, a handful of sleepers that he's got in mind going into this year's drafts. Right now. Again, it's early. These things change. We'll probably do another one of these uh, between now and closer up to the drafts. Cause, well, think know, about it. Let's, let's, things open. Opportunity knocks. Not only that, how many times do we call a player as a sleeper and then all of a sudden they break out in preseason and then everybody else becomes acutely aware of them with about one week before all the, all the drafts happen? So, it's you know, it's like, man, we, we're so good. That we, we call them too early. It's it's true, but it's fine. It's all it's all good. We're we're happy. We want to provide you guys with the knowledge. That's why we give you more than just one sleeper. Yeah, good point. We got a lot of guys here. We got a uh, lot of sleepers. A lot of them. So 
Nothing really too much to talk about in in the news, uh, so we can just intersperse. Well, let me let me give a little thing about the uh, we open today. Let's let's get closer to the music this time when we uh, talk about okay. it. Okay. So it's it is going to be a blues fest uh, here in Chicago nice. this weekend. So we're celebrating a little bit of the blues. So you got a uh, a standard uh, famous blues song there standing at the crossroads. This one's performed uh, today. Where you're getting a little Elmore James, the king of the slide guitar. Nice, uh, love the slide guitar. Fantastic. Slide guitar. Nice. Um, and he's going to do the outro as well? Yeah, we'll give you another classic that you may know from by Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, but this, uh, The Sky is Crying. And this will be Elmore James' version of Nice. Sick. Love it. All right. Uh, so let's do some breakout players. I'm going to actually, I'm going to go first. And I'm going to go with the guy that is on my radar and I'm really liking and I've talked about him in some podcasts recently, but... I'm going to start out with not my first guy on the list here, but Dennis Pitta. There you go. Uh, Dennis Pitta, Ravens. I think Flacco really missed him last year. I think he's with with the kind of player that Steve Smith is, which is at this point in his career, is getting about 40, 45, maybe 50 catches if he has a ballistic season. I think Pitta is still going to be the guy that's getting the lion's share of the targets. Not the kind of player that Torrey Smith is. He's more of a stretch the field. He can run some nice uh, intermediate routes or whatnot, but and, and out routes. But the, at the end of the day, he's just not going to be a high volume target. So I really like what Pitt is going to be able to bring to the table for fantasy owners, especially because you know there's no way this guy's going in any rounds before. I mean, he's he's like a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round pick. Wouldn't you say that that's that's true? So just the value you get with ADP. And, uh, and, and with a guy like Pitta, and why do you have a big smile on your face? Because it, it, I wrote a, a news feed, and I, you know, about Dennis Pitta. And what did I just say? Well, everything no, verbatim. Listen to what you have to love the confidence. You're calling him a breakout player. Here's what Dennis Pitta said. That's what you always shoot for. You always want the breakout year. There you go. <laughs> he said, "I think this is a little more excitement for me than usual." When you don't get to play a major role you, like you thought you would originally, it excites you to be back. Nah, he's going to be sick. And Flacco, there's he no said, question. He also said he's reinventing himself. I like it. I like it. He, he came back and was solid uh, when he came back last year. Um, I just really like what he, I think he's going to be able to bring to the table. There's really not many negatives on him. I think he's people aren't going to go high on him because they're going to look at his stats from last year. And the cat, he had you know under 30 catches or something. It's a whole different uh, offense, though, now. Now that you got Steve Smith there, again... You got Owen Daniels there as well, which they're going to feature the you know they yep. they, they did it before yep. when they had Ed, Dix, Ed Dixon, but now you're going to have a better tight end. I agree. Don't you wait? Don't you think that uh, the, the offensive coordinator, uh, spacing the guy's name from Houston, uh, Kubiak? Uh, yeah. Don't you think he's going to be like Jesus Christ? I've been running uh, tight end type of offenses with the likes of Owen Daniels. Uh, now I've got an actual kind of weapon to do something with here. Exactly. And the best part for Pitta, too, just think about it this way. Steve Smith does not really affect what Pitta's going to do or where he's nope. going to do it on the field. Torrey Smith. It, oh, right. That's what I'm saying. All these are complementary players. Yeah. And of all the players on the team, you know, Torrey Smith probably has the biggest potential upside. But at the oh, same time, sure. what, but what Torrey Smith also proved is that he's not going to be counted on to be an 85-90 catch-a-year guy. He's really going to be relegated to more of the 55-65 to 65 Catch a year guy. Dennis Pitta, on the other hand, could be an 80 85 catch uh, tight end. And I think I love having a tight end that's going to be consistent and not be a boomer bust type guy. Right. You know, it's like I'd rather have a Pitta than a Jared Cook who's going to go higher in most drafts than Pitta. Maybe not, but I'll, right there. And I think you, 
at the tight end position, I want some slow and steady points, especially if I'm getting them in the 8th, ninth, 10th round. Um, and who knows? As mock, drafts, as mock drafts come on, we'll know better where his ADP's falling and how much high people are on him. But right now, he's going to be a value pick and a guy that you're slotting in and just very happy with the tight end. Finally, I was going to say, the other benefit that you get from him is that Torrey Smith is not a red zone inside at the five-yard line target. Oh, yeah. Steve Smith can be, but he's not an overwhelming size guy. So, you know, Pitta becomes almost your number one option in the red zone. So if you get from him, this is where he separates from the other tight ends and why he becomes yeah. a breakout. Because if he goes and becomes a 10-touchdown guy... Well, there you go. Yeah. No. If he's an eight or nine touchdown guy, it's still great. Great point. And you remember some of the success that they have had in the red zone is Flacco just kind of cannoning the ball low to the ground, and Pitta does a quick turn and goes down to the ground. He's got great hands. He's got great the, hands. The Dallas Clark play. All those. All those any, but any, there's, yeah, it is that. Is that from Manning, right? Yeah, remember, yeah, just yeah. like low and hard. He'd always, he'd always quick, scoop quick it at his knees I mean, and roll and roll did that. and catch a touchdown. It's use your big body, turn right. The defenders can't get anywhere, and the ball's down low and hard. It's, it's a no-brainer. It Unlike turns, NASCAR, it's highly percentage. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. That's the only time you're allowed to ever mention NASCAR. on By going right. Yeah, by going right or making fun of it. Just kidding. I know there's people that like it out there. Um, all right. Well, I think Pitt is a good well, time. That was our me. second choice was do a fantasy NASCAR yeah. site. So. It's actually very popular, if you can believe it. I believe it. Fantasy NASCAR is very popular. Uh, it, I'm sure somebody listening to this is playing and, and been like, <laughs> I'm the best. I'll write for you guys on the site. Uh, <laughs> I will say this, um, one of the best movies I've ever seen streaming on Netflix, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have Netflix uh, streaming and downloading package, there's a movie called Senna, S-E-N-N-A, and it's a documentary about a, uh, it's actually very apropos right now with the, uh, the um, World Cup starting in Brazil. He's a Brazilian guy where in the mid-80s he's basically the most famous South American, and he's, he was Michael Jordan down there. The movie's called Senna. You can stream it. You don't have to get the DVD sent to you. It is epic. I mean, watch that thing. I'm telling you, it's an hour and maybe two hours. It is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. So um, let's talk about your your first guy that's in the breakout. And, and let's before you do that, there's like a moving scale and, and a not so defined uh, kind of definition of what you call a, a breakout player versus a sleeper. So. Why don't you, before you, how do you envision a breakout player so our listeners know, all right, this is what they're talking about here? Yeah, breakout years is truly where you're seeing a major, there's two ways. It's Where Sleeper is going to be a guy who's going to be undervalued, who is going to put up a lot better numbers than where they are being currently valued at, have the potential to put up a lot better numbers than where they're being valued at. Um, the breakout players for me are guys that, have not truly emerged on the scene, or if they have emerged, they haven't really truly given it their best punch yet. So for a lot of these guys that have been around, you know, like one of my guys is, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tease it, is a guy who plays in Seattle who signed a big contract last year, didn't get a chance to play, uh, has had some good seasons in the NFL, but this could be the year where he gives what could be a career year. So it's almost yeah. like it's a precursor yeah. to... Setting up that career year, predicting that career year. Yeah. But running backs and receivers, to be a breakout, I mean, you got to be talking at least a thousand yards, and you got to be talking, 
at least a good amount of touchdowns. You know, we're not talking to any two, three touchdown uh, performance guys here. Well, I think the threshold, you're right. When we were talking, I mentioned when we were kind of planning the podcast before before we pressed record, I, I you had mentioned, I would said, do you, what do you think about that guy? Is that, am I going nuts? Should I have him as a sleeper instead of a breakout? And you basically said, you know, should he, is he going to have a thousand yards? And I think that when you said that, I'm like, all right, that, you know what, that is a pretty good, it's a pretty good threshold and barometer to kind of put these breakout players against. So, Houdini. You teased it. I, well, I, I did, but I'm going to... Roll over, baby. I'm not going to him first, though. I'm, 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 I'm going I'm to leave Percy. Oh. Percy will sit on the back shelf for like a minute it. for his like breakout it. to come in a, in, a, in a little bit. The rules of engagement by Houdini. But I'm going to use Percy as a segue because I'm going to go with a receiver that plays for Percy's old team there you in go. Minnesota. Got it. Uh, Cordero Patterson. I, I, I think that we are extremely high on Cordero Patterson. I know that I am extremely high on Cordero. Uh, I'm very high on him. As far as where I have him in my... uh, I have him ranked number 18 in Tier 5. He's number 15 for me in Tier 4. I've got I've got so Larry Fitzgerald and Cruz and Roddy White in that tier. That those are great players. Now we also Starters. we make a lot of mention, right? We talk about you want to get the guys on the good teams. You want to have the guys that are in the, with the good situations, right? Does Cordero Patterson really have a good situation? Well, he's got Adrian Peterson there, but who's his quarterback? It's either going to be Teddy Bridgewater or it's going to be Matt Castle. Uh, right, so uh, oh no, is Castle even there? Yeah, yeah, yeah Castle's yeah. there, or, and, or Ponder. Ponder, right? Okay, which so, I don't, I don't hate Ponder as much as everyone else. I does. don't mind it for any of them because of what Cordero can do, and all you need for the proof and the pudding of what this guy offers you from a fantasy value is go back to the end of last season, starting uh, it was in week uh, fourteen, so it was their their thirteenth game of the season. He played against Baltimore at Baltimore. Five catches, 141 yards, touchdown. Uh, also had one rush for six yards. Um, and uh, and uh, what was the game with the most rushes? Well, hold on, hold on. Okay. And and he uh, also had a rushing touchdown on that six-yard run. Then the next week, he had five catches for 35 yards uh, and a touchdown. Uh, he then had two carries for 15 yards and a touchdown. The following week, he's punt returning and kick returning. That too. Uh, so yeah, okay, and, and the uh, the week against Baltimore, he also had uh, four returns for 111 yards. Oh my God. <laughs> so then the second to last se- the week of the of the season against Cincinnati, a tough defense in Cincinnati, he has three catches for eight yards, uh, three carries for 54 yards, another touchdown rushing. Uh, then he also had uh, in that game, oh, just. Four returns for 143 more yards. Yeah, the final game of the season, two, ca- two catches, 31 yards, touchdown. Uh, two carries, 54 yards, touchdown. I mean, if you're in a league that rewards for uh, special teams and, and return yardage, that guy t- puts himself into the top five player at the position. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, he, he's a beast. And he did that with no quarterbacks last year. And they, he's, he's going to be even... He's he's a JUCO player. Played one year at, at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that that says he's got great attitude, great learning acumen, and uh, he's a youngster. So she's just going to get better and better. This is not a guy that's like a polished dude that comes from a big program and had three. This isn't Marquis uh, Marquise Lee or whatever. Right. right. Uh, someone like that uh, who's a rookie this year. Uh, but I like him the same way. Where I think in a year from now. Lee's going to be even better because he's got another year under his, his belt. But what so. Patterson brings to the table for you guys is 
What he doesn't always Sorry do. That I said that. That's okay. What, what he doesn't always do in the passing game, he does in the rushing game. Right, it's and ridiculous. It, it, it's 6'2", 216. It'll probably be a little bit bigger this year, a little bit stronger. Like and fast as lightning. Well, like he looks like T.O. in one way. Where when T.O. was going across the field, and this that's what this guy does. He goes just across the field, like almost more east-west as he's kind of moving up and going fast. But when he's going across the field... He looks impossible to tackle. He's so big. He's so strong. His his gait is so powerful, and it's just the kind of guy when the ball's in his hands, it's it's pretty special to see this guy running at the momentum he is, just with the sheer force. And that's his that's his difference. That's and, why and he's able to break these. He's, and his People natural ability to tackle. Just, he's an amazing open field runner too, sizing guys up, setting guys up. Which is why you know how deadly he is in the return game, and in his second year of the season, he'll still be returning kicks for this year. If he really makes this yeah. leap, you're going to maybe lose that. So if you're Absolutely. in a league though that gets those points right now, oh my God, is he a special talent? Get it while he can. Year. Yeah, it's kind of like Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be a wide receiver next year in, in fantasy football drafts, I think. Um, yeah, just like they screwed me in my defensive league where I drafted Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. And then they're making him a flipping linebacker. Uh, that's nice. Sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> what else you got to say on Corral? You good? Oh, well, good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to my guy, Kaepernick. Hey, hey. You know, I thought it was breakout city last year for him. Does he scare the shit out of me? He does. Um, and that's more of system and protecting the investment side of things. Um, I think he's gonna run and just be like, you know what? I want. I think he's gonna be sort of individually selfish a little bit. I think the team's that good where they're all kind of asking him to do that, and he hasn't been that. He's been facilitating too much. You know, almost think LeBron maybe earlier in his career. Sorry to compare the two, but I mean, he's just that gifted athletically. Sometimes you just want to be like part of the crew and be a, a leader and, 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 and facilitator. But the fact is. The more he runs, the more it just he can be chucking that ball around and doesn't have to be such a pocket passer in his maturity and step in now his third year in the league. Yeah, third year in the league. No, fourth, fourth year. Fourth, fourth year, year in the fourth league. Year in the league. But uh, only his, this will be his second year as a starter because um, he, he didn't start until the halfway through right. um, two years ago. Right. So I'm just there's too much talent there. They're unveiling a new stadium. He just signed the money. He's, he's, he's set for life. Well, he just it's, can't, it's not on. even just, a huge contract. I know, it? but he's set for life. Yeah. He's, uh, he, and the thing is, I think he was shaking and rattled. And when you see, why well, don't he hangs out with all the time? Is Josh Gordon. That's his boy. On Instagram, they're always on G4 Jets together. Like, just hanging out. Jay Gordon at X number 12 or something, you know. And look what happened to him. They said marijuana was there. At that something fishy happened. And you know... Kaepernick's a hard worker. I don't think he's a thug, but he's a young guy and he's got pussy throwing themselves all over him. Fuck yeah! You're listening to all this. You're just you're just you're just loving it. Yeah. So, but he saw that kind of thing, which turned out to be nothing and was okay. But I think I think that might have just like lit a fuse under him a little bit to say, hey, dude, you got to just focus on nothing but football. And I think he's already that guy. I think he's a great hard worker. So the talent's there. I think they are going to ask more of him. And I think that really comes first and foremost in the run. But as you said a number of times in this podcast, you don't you you think that he's an upper three thousand yards passer, correct? 
At a high end, yeah. At a high end. I, you don't I, think I, he's going to cross 4,000 yards this year? I think, I think if he does, it's a fantastic season. And I think he will. I'll tell you what, though, but here's the thing. I think he will. As long as Not they, by if, much, but. if they allow him, right, if he can throw for, even if he does, if he throws for 3,800 yards, 30, that's that would be like my uh, uh, yeah. uh, barrier reef, great barrier reef line, or whatever you want to call it, Mendoza <laughs> line, the, Dick, uh, the, uh, the Mason-Dixon line, whatever, whatever you want to cross line here. Um, Let's just make sure our dicks don't cross lines. Hey. Hey, hey. So, um, <laughs> you got me on guard on that one. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, you know. That's right. When you are married, say you don't fuck around if you got any brains. My wife, what, did you fuck? No, I was not fucking her. I don't care what you think you saw. I was not fucking her. Now, you're going to believe me or your lying eyes. So if he throws for 3,800 yards, I imagine that he's going to run for at least six to 700 yards. And if he can, the, the benefit is going to be, I don't expect him either to be a guy that's going to be throwing me 35 touchdowns. If I'm going to get 22 touchdowns out of him to 23 to 24, maybe, he's gonna I, need seven, I need seven to 10 rushing touchdowns. He's going to exceed your numbers. I will so. see. I don't want to go all in on the guy because he burned me last year and a lot of people listen to D-Rex and you know, I thought he was going to be the man last year. And we saw in the playoffs, he would have been if he was just running the friggin' ball like you said. So let's see what happens. I think he's he's definitely sliding. Well, no matter what, he's, he's still His a sleeper. ADP is he's terrific. Never, he's, no matter what, he's still a potential sleeper because... But I'm calling him a breakout. I know you are. But what I'm saying is this for if, if other people out there are kind of on that fence about him. I still like him as far as sleeper value. Because he's going to be not taken as one of the top six or seven quarterbacks, most likely. So if I'm waiting on quarterbacks and I'm in a regular league with the rushing, I really believe that Harbaugh needs to win the Super Bowl this year. So you've got him signed to the contract. It's not a horrible contract. It's only yeah, like $13 million that was like guaranteed. They're going to win. So let him run. Yeah, they're going to win it. I think he lets him run. I, I do, too. I think they, they, they need that home field advantage. I completely agree. The one thing about the ADP on Colin Kaepernick is he is the kind of guy this offseason that people will start drinking the Kool-Aid, and he's still like the top jersey seller, so obviously a lot of people like the guy, and I think that could be a reason why he will get picked higher than maybe the, 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 the truly the sleeper value. Well, then you um, judge it based on what you're I'm what's doing happening as a breakout, in your league. Right. I, think, I think this guy is going to be running. I think he's going to be upwards of uh, 800 plus yards. I think he can get six, seven touchdowns, and it's it's that explosion game for me that I like in him that we saw in the first week last week, last year, last year, last year after week one, I destroyed my team, my, my opponent because of Kaepernick. Right. I was like, "Amen." Here's what here's what I'm gonna get all all year. And <laughs> didn't get it really again. Maybe save one okay, pretty good game. Yeah, toward the end. But yeah. I will say this for all you listeners out there. That's why I'm saying you guys can judge it based on your league. D-Rex yeah. goes into any league. Everybody knows that D-Rex is going to take Kaepernick if he has to as the first or second quarterback off the board. And I still like Tony Romo's value. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never learn. Some habits die hard, baby. Jimmy Smith's is on my side. Oh, my God. Good times. All uh, right. Let me give you another one. So, let me, you know, uh, I'll go, let's go to Percy Harvin, okay? So, I, I teased him before. Um, you look at what what Percy did in the uh, the playoffs once he came back and what he did in the Super Bowl. All it takes, and they're gonna and they're still letting him return kicks. Yeah, you know that is amazing. And if they're gonna continue to do that, uh, well, that just he's makes the kind of guy. Just, yeah, I think he loves that part of the game so much. He's just like 
You're signing me in this. I'll sign with you guys, but if I want to return, I'm returning. And, and and here's the other thing too. He was on the verge. He's never had a thousand yard receiving season. Do you know that? Yeah. So what he was on pace for before he got hurt in that last year with Minnesota, um, he, he had played in uh, it was basically eight games and he got hurt at, at the end of that game. He was on pace to have over thirteen hundred about thirteen hundred and fifty receiving yards. Uh, he also would have uh, had about another 200 rushing yards. So that was from what? That was in uh, 2012. Okay. In that half season that where he was basically the MVP of the team. Yeah. I remember, and then Adrian remember. Peterson went crazy and had yeah, the yeah, most yeah, unbelievable. Remember, remember, right. Remember, yeah. Remember. So and you, you bring into the fact that he's got his other coach, Daryl Bevel, is uh, is there in Seattle. You saw how they were using him in the playoffs when they had the chance. They've not been able to fully unleash him. They won the Super Bowl. They, you have what we're counting on, the impending doom of a Marshawn Lynch, which means that you know Russell Wilson now, they're going to allow him to, to stop taking the baby steps in the offense, and now he's got the real weapon and, and the guy who's going to be out there potentially for all 16 games. That's, that's the trick for him. He's only played in all 16 games once in his that's, career. That's where I would start to say. You said it yourself. He was bare. He came back and he was... First play of the Super Bowl was a 25-yard run to him on a on a quick reverse. It was pretty sweet. Uh, I I agree. If he if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a r- ridiculous weapon and a fantasy football top ten guy for sure. And he's going to have those couple explosion monster games that is just going to be ridiculous. Now. Remember, know your league about how you get rewarded for uh, kick returns. On my main league, you don't get points for returns. We do it strictly on defense. Special teams out of the Do you, you, do you get a touchdown the, points? The Pyro League, we've done yardage where you get Well, not even yardage. Do you at least even get the touchdown points if he scores a touchdown? No. Ooh, it's he. Uh, and, uh, no, it's, a like note, it. it's a I note to commissioners out here. I don't like here. it, yeah. I hate it. It's ridiculous. You give the special teams defense the points for the score. The player, that's what he does. He should get... Did he not score the points in real football? Then why are you not rewarding the player for the points in fantasy football? Well, he, they, no, he gets... No, I'm sorry. He gets the points as a player. Just as a touchdown point. Not six as points. a defense. Yeah. He well, gets the touch... He gets just the six well, no, points. You own the defense and you own the player. You, the the defense, defense does not get rewarded for it, but the player does. Oh, really? Yeah. So then people are drafting... Ridiculous, just like I'm it's drafting defense. a... Uh, defense mine and not special team mine. Marcus Thigpen, so I have a return guy? Yeah, it's 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 weird. I okay. don't like it. There's a lot of my our rules. When Defenses you got should this, get it, but the players should also get rewarded. <laughs> the rules are just stripped down to the to the to the bare essence. But go go on with uh, your, your your Harvin. And I think the the last thing I would say on Harvin is is I mean the character we've got for him is it, it, it's a it's right. a bare aspirin. He, he, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. So the, the talent's just absolutely elite, but. Here's the thing. He can't seem to get it all the way through. I think he does now because, again, he did it on so. Minnesota where he wasn't surrounded by necessarily besides Adrian Peterson. He had nothing. Um, he now is surrounded by real legitimate talent and a coach that is creative and will find all kinds of ways to use him. You go back to that year in standard leagues uh, back in 2011 where he had the 967 yards in uh, uh, receiving, six touchdowns. He had 51 rushes for 342 yards and another two touchdowns. He scored 178.9 points. Going to be on the show a little bit later. Val Verde. What a weak sounding. These, these bottles. Remember, I, I was drinking them last week, too. Something, something you got flat beer. No. It's French. 
It's it's actually this has got a little ice iceberg in the top of it. There you but go. yeah, it's a, definitely not a great opening beer. We need we need to, we miss dogs cans on that on the sound effects for that. <laughs> in the words of uh, 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 Neo from from Speed, though, they're just cans. It's just cans. They ran over some cans. You actually got good voiceover for when it comes to Keanu Reeves. Cans. Imagine that. It's just the worst, cans. The worst voiceover ever. When you when you want an Italian guy, you get a Native American Indian. Excellent. When you want, yeah, when you want like an, a, a, an English guy, you get like an Asian. Right, let me finish my point. So, Percy Harvin scored basically 179 points that season. I'm projecting that he is going to step that, you know, those numbers up. He's gonna his touchdowns are gonna go from eight to potentially ten to twelve. You take those yardage, he's gonna have a two hundred point fantasy season. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a potentially a two hundred and twenty point fantasy season. Damn, that's nice. a breakout. I like it. I agree. That's that's sweet. I hope you're right, man. Love that guy. Been one of his biggest fans since he came out of Florida. Traded Just... for him in two leagues last year. I have him uh, signed to a five year contract. He better be good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. Totally. My ne- my next breakout is going to be. It's actually going to be my last breakout, but it's uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it's a first rounder on the Houston Texans. I know there's turmoil at the quarterback position, but there was last year, and he had a couple nice games, and definitely you know showed some flashes of the talent that made him a first round wide receiver. Which, while it's happening more and more, it's still. I think in that draft, I think he was the only one. Maybe there was one other uh, rookie. Wide, wide receiver. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. Somebody's Sorry. Got Someone's or blowing a whistle or something <laughs> outside of our place. Dude, whistles and online podcasts being on the air don't mix. I hope we don't hear that again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think DeAndre, this is a guy that, that if Fitzpatrick's playing, and he's going to be the starter probably, um, I think, obviously, I think Andre Johnson's not going to hold out or anything. He's just kind of being an old lazy man. And I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of the targets and a lot of the opportunities because of other people are focusing on the rest of the talent. And with Arian Foster back in the mix, I think they've got a defense to have to focus a lot more on the running side of the ball like he did two years ago, three years ago, um, and all those other kind of run-oriented offenses under Kubiak. Uh, you know, I think I think he's the kind of guy, add to the mix, you've got a, a next... Bill Belichick, offensive coordinator, Bra- uh, you know, court- coach that worked with Brady for years during his Super Bowl runs, too. Um, or at least he took him to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he won with him. But O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I, like, I like what he's going to be doing all around there. Let me, let me say this. On the, on the plus side for him, he was really skinny last year. I know mm. he's been working on you know, bulking up, which I think is going to help. Um, he does have amazing speed and, and talent. I... Um, I, I I just worry, and I agree that Arian Foster is going to help solidify with the running game and what he's coming back with. I think that's that's great as well. On the negative side, you know, Ryan, okay, still not positive, I'll give it a plus minus. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's serviceable. You know, he's not necessarily the guy that you're looking that's going to truly help develop him as a uh, as a receiver, uh, like, a, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or Drew Brees can do. Uh, but at the same time, he, he, he knows what needs to be done on the offense. I just, I look at him, he's going to be undervalued in drafts. You're going to be able to get him anyway. I think he's, uh, to me, he falls into more of a kind of a sleeper role. Because I, 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 I don't know that he's going to get 1,000 yards. Because as long as Andre Johnson's out there, and if... 
for another guy that you're high on, Tom Savage comes in and plays. You just usually, for whatever reason, the the young. I just like his name. The, okay, well, the rookie quarterback, if he does come in, Savage, he would then theoretically target Andre Johnson like Case Keenan did last year. I agree. I think for him, if he can bulk up and 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 be a hard worker, I don't know this guy from anybody. If he can do the Alshon Jeffrey, I had dinner with him last week. Yeah, He's pretty cool. If he could do the Alshon Jeffrey. And give himself, you know, a, a real nice off season of working his butt off to become a better, better player. But he didn't I, work out with Val Verde on or, the show in a little bit here. Or Brandon Marshall. How for a dollar, all over it. Forget about the Larry Fitzgerald camp. It started about going to uh, whatever Brandon Marshall's yeah. camp is, like Speed Quick or whatever he calls it. Well, if he's pulling that kind of. Uh, off season where he's really trying to work on his body and his game, then I love him. And I like the system. I think the team's going to be kind of much. Remember going into last year, and it can't all be Matt Schaub, and with all the talent they've added as well, and some growth of the team, uh, and some health for Arian Foster. But going into last year, they were in the AFC a Super Bowl contender. They were one of three teams that you thought could win the Super Bowl. It's crazy. Yeah. And that was with the Patriots, with, with the Gronk when he was back. And that was with, obviously, the uh, Broncos, and it was them, the Houston Texans. So, I just think that uh, I like I like where you're going to get him is going to be a, a steal and a half. Right. You might be right. It could be a fall down to sleeper mode. But regardless, don't he sleep has, on this guy. Yeah, no, no. Keep, don't you sleep on this guy because where you're going to be able to pick him, Higher, you're, the ceiling, guys around him, he's, gonna be, he's got the ceiling that it's... No, no. His too, ceiling has... Huge skylights in it. It's, so, it's a vaulted ceiling, right? He, he more than that. It's it's an open ceiling. <laughs> okay, so he, it's a retractable roof. The potential with that guy is that's why I I, I envisioned him more of a sleeper. But you can make that argument because he has that type of talent. Anyway, all right. Who's your next guy, Deanie? Monte Ball. Now I know that they have a tough schedule. They're going up against the a, uh, NFC West. Uh, it's it's not easy, you, you know, lovey-dovey times for, for Monty Ball. But at the same time, it is lovey-dovey times when you have Peyton Manning as your quarterback. It's basically guaranteed, as long as he stays healthy for the whole season, that he's going to have 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, you know, that's what he did for Noshawn Moreno. Uh, you look at it last year, Noshawn was a guy who finished, was it, the fifth uh, yep. rated uh, yep. scoring? Fifth in fantasy points. In fantasy points. Fifth and fantasy points with these numbers. 1,038 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, uh, but because, and, and Monte Ball's going to add the same facet, 60 catches, 548 yards, and another three scores. And I think I think Monty will be better at that portion of the game. So, while I don't see him like being you know too much better than that, that's the vicinity that you can kind of expect. Exactly. It's It's... Having Peyton Manning, having Demarius Thomas, having Wes Welker, having Julius Thomas, having all these weapons around you, Emmanuel Sanders, Andre Caldwell, it's sick. It allows Peyton Manning to manipulate defenses. He sets you up. It's not because you're a great running back necessarily. You can be good, and he is good. And we know with his history, the NCAA leader with 53 touchdowns in his career, he's a touchdown guy. They're going to give him the in ball in the red season? zone. Uh, no, in his career. 53, is it? Yeah, it's a lot of touchdowns in college. Most okay. people don't stay that long. So I, I hear you. So uh, you you uh, you look at him in this offense. Yes, the ten touchdowns is a no brainer because they're always going to be moving no the ball. 
the thousand yards is almost a no-brainer too because can you stack the box against Denver? Hell no. Hell no. And I think he's the kind of guy that shows that he can he can he can handle a heavy workload. Right. And he's ready. I think he's ready to just be like if he doesn't have a big season in these last one or two or three seasons with Peyton Manning. He's not going to have an NFL career. Totally so that. he's got to basically make his career and become a great player yeah. or at least make a way for himself to have you know a nice eight-year career. Think of him as you know Edron James or someone of that ilk. You found out when Edron went over to the Cardinals. Not as uh, good a time. Yeah, so there was a lot of wear and tear man. on him for those years. But There's what you said, wear and tear. The fact that he did have a heavy workload in college, he didn't get a heavy workload last yeah. year. That's the biggest benefit. Look at what happened last year where you saw the digression of Trent Richardson, where you saw Doug Martin go down, where you saw Alfred Morris. Guys who had had all these carries as a rookie, they struggled in that second season. Now you have this guy who didn't have the carries, and he's going to have the opportunity to have it because of that, be able to... to, to now he understands the game now, and now he understands the offense. And there's Chip no on one else. his shoulder because of a lost opportunity no last there. year. Right. There's only he was other. a second rounder when he, there were certain points that... That he was considered to be a high first rounder right. um, before before the draft, but he just didn't have good measurables, and people were the biggest scared threat in his backfield is a guy who I have as a sleeper, but he's a rookie. We'll leave it at cool. that. Cool, I like that. Um, well, Monty, I agree with you. So let's just let's just move on to your next guy, and maybe we can couple um, your two dudes that are on the same They're team, on the same segue team. a little bit. Sure, but uh, you know the Duke. We, you know, we love him. We no love one the Duke. No one introduced you to the Duke like like the Pyro Boys. And, um, you know, I'm really high on him. To be honest, I've got the Duke in my tears is sitting pretty. Wow, pretty high. He's number 12. He's in tier 4 for me. So I've got him really high. I've got him, I got him in higher 19. than guys like Zach Stacy. Got him higher than Giovanni Bernard. And it's an upside pick. I am, I am projecting that I think he's going to blow up. And uh, it's the kind of pick that's risky as hell, but it's that boomer bit bust pick that if he does become as dynamic and able to bust those long TVs, that just those four or five games that he does that in are worth whatever else. I, I, I a few duds. Can I, can I see what's hilarious? My other guy here. So we're coupling two guys here: Andre Ellington and Michael Floyd is the other guy. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'll get into both of them. But where I have them both ranked, Andre Ellington is my 19th rated. Running back. Michael Floyd is my 19th rated wide receiver. <laughs> Consistently didn't, there. Didn't, didn't play it that way, but it, it works. Andre Ellington, they've already said. Bruce Arians has come out. Ridiculous comments. We're going to get him at least 25 touches a game. He's ridiculous. Which is then puts him into a 400 touch uh, He's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. But realistically, when we were yelling and screaming last year... That why is he only getting 10 touches a game, 12 touches a game? Every time he touches the ball, it's gold. He doesn't take the big hits because he'll go out of bounds. Uh, he's going to see probably minimum 16 to 17 touches a game. With another guy on the outside of Michael Floyd as well as Larry Fitzgerald out there, and what makes it also a benefit for anyone that runs the ball in a Bruce Arians offense. Bruce Arians does not believe in receiving tight ends. He believes in tight ends that can block. I don't know if you noticed the, the, the uh, tight end that they drafted uh, this year. I think it's that guy, Troy Nicholas. 
from, yeah, from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, like six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. You think that guy's going out into the pattern? And he, he did not have stats that were receiving stats from He's, the previous. His big butt is going on the end of the line to block for Andre. Yeah. It's an extra offensive lineman with a little bit more speed. Yeah, they can get around the edge. Yeah. I think the thing I love about Andre is that he could get games where I do think he gets 25 touches. Because I think he's going to get that opportunity to get his run game going early. And if it's moving, he's going to get the ball. Now, we all know, with that kind of running style, Chris Johnson used to happen to, you know... There's plenty of smaller, you know, cheeky barber. If you don't get going fast, your carries for that game as an in-between-the-tackle or just a, an all-out rushing player diminish fast. And I think he's the kind of guy that on days that he's lighting it up. And I don't know if that only happens against more porous defenses or if they're always trying to get him around the edge. Who knows? But on those big days, yeah. you're going to be sitting there. If you if you see him rattling off a few nice carries in the first drive, you got a big smile on your face because something special could happen today. Here's the thing about him, too. In limited time last year, it was 39 catches last year. Huh. Okay? We talk about the PPR demons. He's going to be a PPR demon. When you look at where he probably projects to be as far as a reception guy, because remember... How many times Rashard Mendenhall was out there that he shouldn't have been out there? And this is where it, he had 118 carries. Um, you know, the most carries they ever gave him in one game last year, they did it twice, was 15. So I can see him easily going to be, though, a 12 to 15 touch carry guy. Carry, 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 carry every yeah. game. He'll yeah. always get double digit carry, but he's also going to get a ridiculous amount of targets. I could see him easily, like Matt Forte last year, being a 70 reception guy. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree. and what he does with those, because, again, think about why it's so effective. When you have huge weapons in your receiving game that can force defenses to react to them, you are a guy that is when the defense is breaking down, a play is breaking down, it's a dump off. And he's able to just do dynamic stuff and, and break uh, linebackers' ankles when he makes his moves. He's so sick. So, Michael Floyd, what are, you're thinking of him as obviously he's a breakout here. You've said before many times to me in private conversations and on the podcast, you, you, you have him ranked higher than you have Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. You think that he's going to be just a, you know, a really great third-year guy, right? He kind of had the breakout last year. He had a thousand yards, he over 1,000 yards. He had five touchdowns. But it was 1,041. He's on the cusp. Uh, he had 65 catches. Um, you know, but you see when you see it, what you look at is yeah, it's it's the trending upward. It's it's Larry Fitzgerald that has the name, has the cachet. He's got all that stuff, right? But he hasn't been dynamic. And the other thing is about it's knowing your offense. It's Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is the guy who has one player on the team who takes the top off it. When it was uh, you know, and he had Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace, but it was Mike Wallace who he used. Always as the deep threat, and it was Antonio Brown who became more of that possession type guy and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Floyd is is definitely his take the top off of it guy. He had 16 yards per catch average. Okay, I, I don't know if you if, uh, what Fitzgerald is. I can look it up, but I want to say Fitzgerald's probably closer to 12 yards per yeah. catch. That's and, and it, then you see with the development, right? And and the other thing is he had a couple games, but he's never been getting eight nine catches a game. But now as Fitzgerald is, is still getting older, as he's developing, it's kind of like 
how you always saw it with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. And Wayne was outperforming Harrison for the last uh, good portion of years there. So no question, what, the older has to hand the baton off and become more of a terrible uh, ones uh, when he was there with Reggie with Jerry Rice. You know, there's no question uh, yeah. about it. And and you need that in the the older the, when you got talent like I mean Floyd's another first rounder. This is a guy that literally at one point in his. Uh, not a senior year, but I, may, I think it's junior year. He was at the very beginning of the season. He was considered a Heisman hopeful and going to be a high first round pick. They had a bad season. I think that was the Jimmy Clausen year, or something like that. But um, this is this is a guy that's meant to be playing at a high level right. in, in, in the NFL. The other thing he's got going for him with Larry Fitzgerald opposite him. He doesn't have a guy. Larry doesn't bring the ego. Larry is not about, oh, my God, give me my stance. Larry wants to win. And Larry gave him that kind of brotherly, tough love his rookie year. Right. When he would call him out and say, I don't know why he's not working here. I'm sitting here, and this is a first-round pick. I'm working out here. Where's Michael Foote? And he yeah. really... He's like, you got Larry Fitzgerald to learn from. Yeah. Why are you not here learning from and me? He, I, I think he realized, you see a lot of players that are moving in and out of the league for just being lazy ass. I think... I think he just had it a. It took redo. a little bit of time for him just to get it. Yeah, but but, but that's again, normal. But again, the Same benefit thing is with that Des Bryant, look right? At him. But but Same thing happened with Des, Blackman. But I mean, Des didn't no, Des <laughs> didn't have a Larry Fitzgerald there to help guide him I and to help and who is going to celebrate his successes with him yep. and not be jealous of his successes. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, you got one more dude, and uh, then we're gonna uh, actually. Be a, it's going to be pretty sweet. We're going to bring on Mr. Don't well, want to crack open because well, I don't want to crack birthday. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be exciting. He's a fantasy football nut and uh, just a good, nice guy. And it, 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 there's there's not many f- people that love the NFL and the history of it and have a passion for that side. And outside of fantasy football, you know, sometimes I think everyone gets so wrapped up in the in the fantasy side. We're obviously a fantasy football site, but the truth we you know, we're we're talking about the human condition in the NFL and that includes fantasy, that includes the games itself and all the playoffs. I love not doing anything with fantasy and just being like trying to root and see my team be a champion. But uh Valverde's just got that passion for the NFL that we respect and uh, because we all have it. we all have the same past yeah. as well. We are we are all history buffs. We, yeah. Whenever we find out newer, and what's amazing too, it's like it's it's almost like uh, when uh, the, you know when the Kennedy was assassinated and they finally opened up the vault and let you see what <laughs> what what actually happened, right? Because they released everything you know so many years later. It's like when I find out things that happened, how the draft happened with the AFL and the NFL and during those days and how it was like they sent guys to like block the AFL from even talking to them. So they it's like they kept the, the awesome. prospect on the road and all this and like you know like the, wonderful story the blessed thing we talked about last week and, and, and all these different things. There's, there's so much amazing stories of the NFL um, and, it's, and it's guys and that's where it's like our, our passion is and it's well, I don't know how long it's going to ever take us. We'll, we'll finish it. it. It'll still be growing but Pyro, our Pyropedia. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say it's a perfect moment to talk about that. We're building out, we're flushing out. We're, we're, there's, there's only so much time because we don't really have an off season. We keep the content coming but check out the team page we've got on Pyropedia. There are going to be much more showcases with the new redesign that's coming in the next month uh, or so and you're, you're going to really like it but respecting the league 
and having um, a respect for the NFL and its history and the and the you always hear more so almost in the NBA than you do with the players because there's less of them and there's but you can point to the best probably more individually but uh, just a just a heritage to it and a respect that. For the league and, and right now, and I think and um, with our pyro, the, touch. It, the league's there now because of players before them, right? And, and so we pay homage and the pyropedia. You know, when you look at it, you're going to say, "Oh, you'll see all the articles that we have done." You're going to say, "Wow, that's kind of impressive." Just understand that we do have an extra uh, over 600 articles that are in the pipeline that are waiting to be written. Unfortunately, we just don't have the time yet, but they we are great stories, it. and they will eventually be done. Stick with us; we're not going anywhere. And if you're someone like Mr. Valverde, the reason why we're talking about that is a historian of the game or knows so much about a couple, a handful of teams. Or and can write. And, and can write, obviously. And you <laughs> feel like you want to be a part of the mix, let us know. It's a great... We're going to do some pyro promos here right now just because that's the way I'm going to roll with this. But it was pretty funny. Last week we... Or was it two weeks ago? Maybe it was about a month. It was almost like four or five podcasts ago. Okay. But that... That's two weeks ago. Yeah, okay, two weeks ago. <laughs> so two weeks ago. This is our fourth in the last 11 days, I will re-mention. Uh, yeehaw, yeehaw. Uh, so we had mentioned, hey, um, a call out to people that love our product and listen to our podcast and like reading articles and how, you know, we always try and put like a real concept and wrap something thought-provoking or new and fresh and pioneering, something just different, you know. I'm, we don't want to write and give you just uh, stories uh, about Outlooks and hey, tell you the whole same old BS uh, with a different spin. We're trying to come up with concepts that help make you a better fantasy team. And when we did that and mentioned it, we said, hey, if you got good concepts, let us know. If there's articles that you haven't seen that you want us to be doing, give us a shout out. We'll write it. Well, and what's, what's and, and D-Max goes to me, are you sure you want to ask this? <laughs> hey, yeah, why not? Let's go ahead and do it. And we got we, we got, got a story one. yesterday from uh, Eric Coleman. Eric, yeah. So it's a pretty awesome. It's actually I'll let you talk about it, Houdini, because um, it's pretty sweet what he basically did. Yeah, basically what he did. It, it uh, and and Eric, thank you very much. Uh, Great you know, stuff. We're extremely flattered. Uh, you know, and and again, put it looks like you put a lot of thought and it's this. This is not just you know some. You cheap, made the cup. We're gonna put it up on the website. Right, it's not some cheaply put together uh, uh, thought process here. So basically, he was going off of my running back, running back article because this was what running we were back, running back revisited. Revisited because we were having the conversation of saying you know coming up with these newer uh, articles and ideas, and then that was when we came up where I said, oh, I got the the, the free agency one that we're that I'm doing, which there'll be a promo piece on that, but get the draft kit because you'll see all my charts and well, everything. Keep, keep on the running back, running back revisited. So what, so what Eric did was he kind of took it a little bit step further, kind of looking at it, um, you know, is it based on draft position and which strategy that you do? And he kind of broke Not down. Not just running back, running back. Correct. Let's do this across all the positions. And let's look at uh, standard scoring leagues and in PPR leagues as well. And so he, he, he breaks down the charts, and it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, when you awesome. see these stats, it's like, okay, based on if you're drafting, you go, go through a 12-team league, 1 through 12, and you do the running back, running back as your first two picks, followed by wide receiver, wide receiver. The, only the first pick has value in doing that. So Amazing. like I found in, in my piece, the trend is gone. You know, the, the belief in running back, running back should be blown up. Uh, when you look at what the, the wide receiver, wide receiver selection, as D-Rex likes to do, and then going after your running backs, it was overwhelmingly across the board. Kid um, knows what he's talking about. I might not know the players' names, and I might sound like a real idiot a lot of times, but... 
So but he, he basically, he did toss him. He took out the, the uh, quarterbacks and tight ends because, again, you know, you're basically only going to have about three quarterbacks that are going in the top five rounds, uh, to, top four rounds traditionally, uh, and tight ends, you're only going to get your Jimmy Graham and your Gronkowski, and then after that, there's basically, it's a, it's, a, it's a major crux of wide receivers and running backs. So this is where it was important to look at. So he broke it down by, what is it, six different strategies. So um, awesome. How, how you do your drafting. And then... You know, comparing those as well in PPR and, and seeing the differences. So it's taking what we did to another level. It's, it's, uh, it's another piece that's going to be amazing for all of you listeners out there. Uh, again, really kind of trying to do, like as, as we always talk about, I, talk, I mentioned in, in my draft manifesto about kind of understanding what you're going to do in those first couple rounds. And, and, and this... Here's how, here's how this it's correlated. This, yeah, and this isn't necessarily telling you what to do. It's, it's opening your eyes that this is what the reality Basically, is. your piece was Led Zeppelin 3 done and recorded back in whatever that was, 72, 73. What he's done here is he's remastered it. There you go. He's gone in, he's added another layer to it, he's cleaned up some sounds here, he's just remastered the thing 30, 30 years later, but instead it was really only about five or four weeks later, and uh, we appreciate it, man. The thought you put into that, it's a really awesome piece, and I'm, we're going to put it up on the site so you guys can see it, and, uh, and it's, it's just pro- awesome, it's just awesome that we call out and say, if you got a great concept, do it, and this guy is going uh, to take the time to offer us something that... We may never, he doesn't even know. It might be one way uh, into the ether and we never respond. But that is just awesome work. Amazing. And, uh, uh, th- Put a smile it. on my face when I got that email. When, I, I got a text from Houdini, like, <laughs> check that out. I'm like, wasn't back in front of my computer yet. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, it was, we were really, really excited. So, um, last pyro promo I'm going to do before we bring on Mr. Valverde is going to be um, our draft kit is out. We're not going to talk about it really much at all on this podcast because I do see in the next couple podcasts us really breaking out and doing a full segment on it. And we'll probably get that same guy that put a <laughs> post on the iTunes uh, of a review saying, oh, these guys are, are okay. Uh, no, they, he's like, these guys suck. All they talk about is trying to sell you the draft kit. These guys are always trying to do, always trying to do this and all trying Push to do that. Yeah, why do I want to see you? They're just selling the whole time. Dude, it's the one podcast we've ever done. The one that we've ever done that we focus called it reasons like reasons why you should buy our draft kit. Right. We do enough podcasts that we're able to do a subject matter. How about this? No, no. And, and the worst part was, uh, it, to be mad at us, our website was free for the first four years. So yeah. blame us for promoting the only thing that we're charging for. It, it was so, It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny. And that's another reason to go and, and do both on the edited, um, uh, uh, whatever it is, um, the the swearing version and the not. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. The, Sorry. the explicit, explicit or, version uh, right. or what's the other one called? The Probably the family version. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> Leave reviews. If you guys love this podcast, do us a favor and go there and uh, spew your love. Or if you hate us and you think we're D-bags, then do whatever you want to do. But give us some... Give us some time of yours there. Hate us, throw something at us, or uh, give us, uh, put us up on a pedestal. So before we bring in Valverde, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, before we bring him in, I'm gonna play you guys a little something. As you've noticed, uh, we're doing a little. We, we were into comedians. We had a little George Carlin last week, and uh, we who else do we have? It was. Uh, it was really Carlin. It was Carlin. Right. Uh, oh no, and we also had the uh, the Chris Rock. 
the yeah. interview for uh, Monday Night Football. So yeah, I, I I happen to have gotten some nice sound bites. What you're getting is from uh, Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip, as well as Richard Pryor here and now, uh, which was uh, from '82 and '83. So what I'm going to play for you now, as we mentioned, uh, uh, it, this is, involves Jim Brown, who is a good friend of Richard's. This is well. Richard was having his addiction problems, puffing on his pipe like crazy, and Jim Brown's coming over to his house to try to straighten him out, and uh, Richard wants to puff in front of him to show him who's boss, so. Before Valverde. Then finally, my old lady called Jim Brown up. said, Jim, gonna come over and talk to you. Fuck Jim Brown. I'll show Jim Brown. I'm the man. I don't give a fuck. I'm nobody afraid of Jim Brown here. Jim was coming in the driveway. I got all nervous. Where's it, Jim Brown? Oh, shit. Let me get this motherfucker. Ain't gonna scare me. Let me get my pipe. Pipe said, come on, Rich. Me and you will show Jim. Don't worry about it. Shit, Jim. Don't scare nobody. That's right, Rich. Jim, come in the room. I start smoking. Hey, Jim. How you doing, bro? And Jim had psychology. Jim, go. Wanna go roller skating? To make a puffing sound with his pipe. Jim said, Crack? Yeah. What you gonna do? <laughs> so, what do you mean? What you gonna do about that shit? What? Um, I'm doing what I want. You know, I ain't afraid of you, you know. You ain't no movie star to me. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. I'm your friend. What you gonna do? You gonna get well or you gonna end our friendship? What you gonna do? The pipe said, don't listen. You're trying to fuck with you, Rich. Jim, I am a man. Ain't no doubt about that. But what you gonna do? And Jim kept saying that to me all through the hall. What you gonna do? Leave me the fuck alone. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm getting the fuck away from you so I don't have to hear what you gonna do. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. What you gonna do? So Jim almost got me to the hospital, but he had to go somewhere, like to home to eat. And I was in the room with the pipe, and the pipe said, Hey, Rich, Jim's gone. <laughs> Our listeners are like, Oh, my God, these guys like crack pipe. Humor. Well, that was also the longest soundbite that I had. So, but, I it, was, but it was Jim Brown. So. No, it's Jim Brown. What, what you gonna, gonna do? do? Jim Brown's the man. God, is that guy the man? Um, well, there's one more guy that we want to cover from the breakout players from for you, Houdini. Well, there's you, actually I got two on there. 
You got two? You can forget about my boy at tight end. Oh, you don't even need to talk about him. Go into him first. Greg Olson. I've already told you, I don't like any of the other receivers that are around there. Greg Olson has gotten over 100 targets the last two years. He stands alone in that tight end position. He has the chemistry with Cam Newton. Trust me, this is going to be an even bigger year for him. The other guy, Jeremy Macklin. Deshaun Jackson is gone. Deshaun Jackson had never had more than 62 catches in a season. And then look what he did with Chip Kelly last year. He goes up at, uh, what, 82 catches. You look at what Jeremy Macklin's going to do. Here's a guy that's come close, been on the verge, been just short of 1,000 yards a couple times. He's on a one-year contract. He's, he's been immersed in the offense because he's been around there, even though he was hurt last year. He's ready to step in. It's fast-moving offense. He's going to assume that extra uh, boost to his numbers because he's going to be the highlighted guy that they're going to they're going to feature in the offense. They're going to move him all over it. No doubt. Look for him to have a breakout year. I agree, man. He's another guy where it's just like if the injury, if, if, if you're scared of guys that are injured a lot, this guy's a red flag there. He's a, it's, it's a... It's a red light. Beware. You could be drafting a guy. Uh, you know, we saw. It. I went against that notion with Danny Amendola last year, mm-hmm. and it bit me in the ass. So it's a reason why, while I love Macklin, I love his talent, I love his system, I love a lot of the departures, and I think a lot of the arrivals aren't ready. So he's just going to get a ton of stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, you read this week that Chip Kelly's saying, we're going to play even faster. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I was not impressed with the speed at which we played this offense last year. It was a new system. We had a lot of different moving parts, injuries going down, but it's like this it's thing crazy is going to be a faster, it, more it did look fast. and fluid unit. It wasn't they didn't run that many more plays than like New England, for example. Yeah. So that's why he wants to be he wants to average. I want I want to say that he probably wants to have at the end of the year like a difference of like 160 plays over the second place team. A difference of ten more plays per game that he wants to run. It's amazing. And he's going to achieve it. So, I love Macklin. I think the upside, if he's healthy and plays 16 or 14 and games. he's playing for a contract. Gonna, yeah, he's playing for a contract. Then he's going to be one of the steals of the draft. He's right. going to be that kind of guy that's your wide receiver three that's just like, I'm awesome. Uh, and you're going to not be drafting at wide receiver three. Maybe you are. I don't know. I don't no, mean, because, you I have think, to see. Because of that offense and because he is a first-round guy that's but had, again, had some benefit. Here's the other benefit. Anytime a guy is injured. Especially for these leagues of people who are yeah, just going off of what the, what the stats were. Stats. These guys get lost in the shuffle. So that means maybe that means that he slides one extra round. That extra round is so valuable if he comes back to you in a certain sense. You pick him up in the fifth round or fourth round like that. I agree. I agree. Probably more fifth round like that. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, who, who, who knows what round. That's why you do uh, you know mock drafts. And Which? Get a sense of the ADP. Yeah. We but we're, we will be... As we get closer, just so you guys I bet all know. You'll be in the, I bet you we'll do our first one in the, in the next... Next eh, week? Or, within no, the next, next month. Well, within the next... Yeah, within the next three, four podcasts. Okay. Within the next three, four podcasts, because we we'll will start do, doing our first uh, mock draft, and we're going to have more people on air than we did last year. Last year, I think we had the three of us, me, you, and Dogmatic, and kind of covering through... Right. We have more resources at our disposal now, so uh, we including will... Including Val Verde. Right. Including the Suits. Now we'll the question have, will have, be: We'll have a stag party here too. It'll be tough because we'll have to see how this works. Managing, not over talking each other, because otherwise you're just going to have mayhem with us. This is beautiful theater. What? Well, thank you. D- thank you, baby. Good. You want to drunk each other? <laughs> Show it.
too. I love you back. I'm waiting for you know. This is shut the fuck up. Hey, that's what it could turn into. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's um let's bring in let's let's bring in Mr. Valverde and have him uh, talk to us right now. We'll go and we'll get a couple of his breakout players. And then he'll be a part of the discussion at the beginning of our uh, of, of a bunch most of our sleepers. He'll give us a bunch of his guys. Me and Houdini will close it out. And uh, yeah, good times. So, without further ado, we've got on the line with us, Mister Valverde, and we're firing it up with the man, the myth. Uh, just really excited to have you on and talk fantasy football. We've talked plenty of fantasy football with you. Outside of the podcast, um, on the phone, a lot of text messages, especially in season. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, few out there that have passion for the NFL like Mr. Valverde. And we won't say your name like that every time throughout this, but we're just trying to really rub it in right now to uh, our audience who just is probably excited to, to you know, you're, you're kind of like tooting common. You're like this, this folklore. You're, you're, you're the myth. So they're going to be excited to hear your voice. <laughs> How's it going, guys? We're great. Really fired up, man. We're gonna we're excited to hear some of your conversation about breakout players, and I'm gonna I'm gonna feed one up to you that you sent me earlier, and I couldn't agree with you more. Tell tell me why Jordan Reed, in your opinion, is the kind of guy that's gonna have a breakout season this year in fantasy football. Um, well, one of the reasons why I believe that Jordan Reed is gonna be a breakout player is. The way he works with RJ, RG3, I mean, when they're, when they're working one-on-one with each other, it's, it's almost like watching Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski just work their magic. Um, I, like, I like the way that Jordan Reed can get down that scene. And, um, you know, I, I really believe that I think this Washington offense is going to be a lot better than last year because of all the whatever happened, that mess of previous year is going to be gone, clean slate, RG3 is going to be RG3, and it's just going to look awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think you got Jay Gruden is there in the mix now, and that nightmare that you're talking about is Shanahan. And from a fantasy standpoint, we're we're talking going back to the mid-late 80s. There's not a guy that fucks. Uh, or no, that's seventy. That's that's actually nineties. It's nineties. <laughs> the eighties when Elway was losing the Super Bowls yeah. four times, three times in a row to my Niners. Uh, <laughs> th- th- he actually was winning with Shanahan in uh, in, in ninety seven, ninety eight, or what have you. But um, overall, I, I just feel like that guy having him him out of the situation is. Nothing but beneficial for fantasy football points on the Washington Redskins. Well, let me ask you a question because one of the things that I I also agree that Jordan Reed is a is a guy that's on a potential of a breakout. What do you think the addition of Deshaun Jackson does for Jordan Reed? Does that help or hurt in your mind? I think it's it's only going to help him uh, just because Deshaun Jackson is going to uh, spread the offense. He's going to be able to take that offense deep which will allow Jordan Reed to do, um, you know, crossover in the midfield and uh, just be wide open, be able to catch the ball because he has great hands and just, you know, go as far as he can go. So I think uh, Deshaun Jackson is just going to open up the field even more for him. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, you, you, and you, you talk about the middle of the field. The biggest problem for Jordan Reed was the concussions, um, you know, not being able to, uh, to, to, to stay on the field. When he was, 
You go back to the back-to-back weeks he had against Chicago and Denver. He lit the Bears up. That was nine catches for 134 yards and a touchdown. Then he comes back against the Broncos with eight catches for 90 yards. So, again, like, like Valverde is saying, yes, RG3 likes throwing the ball to Jordan Reed. Yeah, and outside of, outside of a guy like uh, Jimmy Graham and maybe Gronk's you know, th- two, three or four games, those are probably t- you know, two of the best game, t- ten best games for a tight end in fantasy football last year, What's stat-wise. That? And the fact that it was basically only Pierre Garçon and Jordan Reed when he was healthy that, that defenses were targeting. As I agree, Deshaun Jackson is the biggest decoy that you can imagine because he's not going to be the 82-catch guy. He's going back to being a 60-catch guy. Agreed. Well, one thing I'll say about that, and I, I got another question for you, Valverde, on this, is how many targets did Jordan Reed have? Does that site have that? Sorry yeah. if I'm putting uh, you in the corner. I, I, but I, I, I think that's where he just is a maven, where he just had tons of targets. Um, and I think that that's just going to continue to happen, especially because I think we all agree on this. RG3 is going to be a lot more RG3-ish. And because of that, it, it's going to just be, help. As long as Jordan Reed's healthy... This guy's going to be a target machine. How many? So, in that Bear game where he had nine catches? Yeah. Nine targets. And uh, so, nine on nine. The next week, against Denver, 14 targets, eight catches. Damn. I mean, yeah. So, that, that, that's it right there. So, Valverde, when it comes to the, the Redskins, why do you think, uh, as far as their like, strength of schedule, when you, look at, when you look at Jordan Reed, it kind of totally backs up everything you're thinking. Because Jordan Reed... Is number tied for fifth with strength of schedule next year for uh, tight ends. Obviously, very fifth hardest. Or no, he's got the best. Fifth easy. Yeah, uh, so he's doing very well, um, which is obviously a good time when you're looking at scheduling. Now, he actually has a really tough schedule in the fantasy playoffs. His strength of schedule is outside of the 24. So something to something to watch out there where he's got a really nice schedule. So Valverde, you got to be thinking that uh, that's a pretty good time uh, drafting a Jordan Reed wherever you may get him, knowing that he's got a great strength of schedule. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the strength of schedule is so important when we're talking fantasy football. It gives a it gives some opportunity to be on the field. Their their weapons are going to be used, and that and that's what you want on your fantasy team is points. And if the defense isn't up to Hard, you're going to get those points because every team beats them down. Now, you might have a fluke here and there, but you're golden most of the time. Um, as far as his his fantasy playoffs, I just want to get there. I mean, come on. I mean, it, that's, what we, that's what we fight for is to get into those playoffs. And if we can get there, then that's where the money is at. So It all starts yeah, clean. Um, Draft depth. Draft depth and, and, and just get build a team that's going to get you there. And then, like you said, we'll worry about it when we get there. And, uh, you know, that's why I think when it's, great, it's, it's great when you, we're hearing about other players, you know, breakout players. Because these kind of guys, these sleepers and these breakout players, these are the depth that you're not necessarily thinking is automatically going to go right in your starting lineup. But it's going to be that difference maker if you literally need to sit Jordan Reed because he's playing against an awesome defense at his position or Seattle or what have you, and they're going to put Sherman on him. Then you want a backup plan, so you got to draft accordingly. When we did our strength of schedule um, podcast, this, this is one of those crazy flips, right? This is number five schedule, easiest schedule 
from from the get go. But in the playoffs, it's the it's the was it the fourth hardest schedule. That is that is a tale of two cities. That's a yeah. So uh, Valverde, what do we think? Your next guy on here is Justin Hunter, a player that um, I think both Houdini, I know both Houdini and I like as well. What what do you what's your strongest kind of commitment or feeling that he's going to really take it to the next level and kind of be much bigger than than anybody else is anticipating for this season with Jordan uh, Justin Hunter. Um, one of the reasons why I really like Justin Hunter this year is I you, you could sort of see it the last year and the year before where he's sort of just like getting to that to that cream of the top where he's having these great games. He's had like two 100-yard games in the last in that last three or four week span before the end of the season. I also like um, the quarterback where uh, I can't think of his name right now, but um, Locker or. Uh... Um, yeah, Locker. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Locker. If if he remains healthy, I mean that's his big if. If he remains healthy, they really have a connection there. So um, I just think that uh, Hunter is the main guy, and he's just going to continue to prove uh, prove himself as as he did at the end of last year. You know, I'll, I'll give us some backing on this too because the two games he's talking about was it was week uh, 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 game eleven, so this is probably week twelve. So we're talking week 12, and then it was week 14. Uh, week 12 against Oakland, six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, the uh, week thir- uh, 14, 13, whatever it was, uh, <laughs> four against Denver. Again, Denver seems was giving up a lot that uh, last year. Four catches, 114 yards, uh, and a- another touchdown. The interesting thing, he put up Carl Pickian's Type numbers. Do you like that? Yeah, nice. <laughs> and, uh, he kind of reminds me of him. He does, right? Look at his rookie season: eighteen catches, three hundred fifty-four yards, but four touchdowns. Where Pickens was the one rookie of the year with three hundred and twenty-six yards. Ridiculous. Um, look at that uh, uh, percentage. Like twenty-three percent of his catches were touchdowns. Almost one out of every four catches is a touchdown. He's, he's a guy that was making prolific catches. He's he's one of the guys also that during the combine two years ago was fluid. He was tall. He was one of these track players out of Tennessee. He was the second fiddle, but actually was the first fiddle before Corderell Patterson came around yeah. uh, over there at Tennessee. And they're both track guys. They're both so it, he, he's he's worked out and, and been kind of neck and neck. With Corderell for years, and that just shows the kind of uh, you know com- competitive spirit he's got. Here's the best stat on him: his first two catches in the NFL was a 34-yard touchdown and a 16-yard touchdown. Those were his first two catches in the NFL. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, that's awesome. So Valverde, what else are you thinking um, that you like about the Titans or don't like about the Titans or uh, anything else that you're kind of seeing? You know, they've got. Another guy that was drafted ahead of him in the first round of the year he came, uh, I think, right? I think they were the same draft. I think him and Kendall Wright were no, the no, same draft. No, Kendall no. Wright was the year before? No. Okay. But what do you like any of the other weapons that they've got going there, the change in running game? Is there any? Do you like the Titans' chances with fantasy football points, or is this the kind of thing that maybe they, they're not going to have that as many as a lot of other franchises? Well, I, I look at them as probably like a middle tier. Yeah, um, most of the players that you're looking at on that team, you're going to probably get late in the draft. 
Um, it, it's just they don't. They I think they have a good offense. They just don't have that explosive factor. So you're you're they're gonna be players in there that you're gonna grab, but just wait on them because they're gonna be there for you late, late and probably very late for your draft. I wish this team wasn't always doing the carousel at the coaching staff. Um, you know, it just seems to me that they, they've got a whole new staff in there not this year. Yeah, Weisenhunt, Weisenhunt's there. And it was like they only gave the last guy one year, Munchak, uh, who I liked a lot. And I, I just feel like it's the kind of team where they got to just kind of pick a guy that's got the, the, the makeup that they want to coach and, and let him try and build a program. Get, well, now, give him three or four years. I think Not they're just finally every setting, year cutting, and, cutting and, and recasting. Well, I think they're finally setting themselves up to do that, right? That's why they got rid of Chris Johnson. Now that takes that whole part of... You tried to build a team around him with all the different coaches. It didn't work. They got rid of Kenny Britt, And too. this is also... Yeah. And this is also, as uh, you, you know, for Jake Locker, you talk about a guy who's playing for everything. Because this is his last chance yeah. to, to be a starter. And you know also, Valverde, a, a good point where I'm thinking the value with Justin Hunter's rising is Damian Williams, actually a pretty good player. He was always hurt. He never really found his role. And he never really kind of lived up to the expectations. But he's a talented, he's a talented freaking guy. Um, and he's gone. So you've got a lot of guys in, in Britt and, and, and this fella and all the catches that Chris Johnson gets. Um, you've got a lot of opportunities and touches and targets that are that are now looking for a rightful owner and I think Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter here are, are going to see a lot of that action right yeah I agree because um, it's got to go somewhere so it you know if they're progressing and they're doing well and lockers you know playing like he did last year I mean I think he surprised a lot of people the way he played uh, those those uh, targets have got to go. I mean, Delaney Walk was also a surprise last year. He came on pretty late in the year, but he did pretty well. And I think that's another target that should be uh, on on people's draft boards, I, uh, see, especially for tight end. I'm down because they're so small, um, you know. And I think Delaney Walker could be a possible starter for for teams out there. Oh, absolutely. I am down on him. But You're down on, I'm not as down on him as you are. I am down on him. I don't know why. I could be totally wrong. He's the kind of guy that I could miss on a lot. You know what time for? Val Verde. Thanks, guys. You got it, buddy. It's great. I much appreciate it. I love it. I want to give, I want to give a, a, the story out to people just so you know how this came about. And it's actually very it's a funny. Great story. It's a great story. But it's very funny because I actually got... An email today uh, that I should pull up I, and uh, from from Forrest Snow. Oh yeah, yeah. And he basically's been listening. We've been basically I've been ripping on him because he, you know, he just made a couple opinionated things. I like the constructive criticism there, Forrest. But it, some of the stuff you thought you said was hurtful, and uh, so we like messing with you, you know. But you're right. And at the end of the day, with you, Valverde, the whole thing started where we were really sloppy when we first started this. You know, we've been doing this. This is our 130th podcast of us, us three being together. Well, the dog's been missing the last few, but, you know, we've done a, a lion's share and of how long, what, what podcast was it? Do you know the number? It was within the first 
30s? It was year one, for sure. But one. I used yeah. to drink Magners with, with glass, ice in the glass. The ice in the glass, right. And people would be like, douchebag, you know, <laughs> you're on radio. Your, your, your thing is clinking. I'm like, what? Oh, we're at. And then we started to realize that we liked it so much. And we're like, wait, we're actually going to keep doing this. And we got to refine and make our game better. And, and so I was like, all right, I guess I can't drink my Magners with ice in a glass. Okay, fair enough. But we were still cracking beers because we kind of liked, uh, th- thought that was a little bit fun. And there's that one sh- uh, old Chicago announcer, the guy that talks like this, that used to got, bring out the Zambonis. With the beers, uh, I, I always space his name. Oh, Scott uh, Farrell. Yeah, Farrell, Farrell, right? Farrell, exactly. So Farrell, he used to always crack beers on there, and that was one of his sound bites. And I always thought that was funny because I was in, you know, literally like a sophomore, like this guy's <laughs> crazy. Bring out the Zamboni, and uh, <laughs> so I thought that part was fun. And uh, basically, Valverde sent an email, you know. Being very kind and cordial and saying, you know, I love your podcast. I respect how much effort you put in it. You guys are making me a better player. And just being you, Valverde, you're you're a real kind, nice, nice, thoughtful person. And then you're like, but can you do me one favor? Can you stop cracking the beers on the show? It's like really annoying after a while. Because at the beginning of the show, we used to drink a lot more, to be honest. Right. We, We used to be slamming. No offense, but Dog was taking like 18 packs down. Well, no, and, and, <laughs> and the podcasts were about an hour shorter. And the best part was we, we had talked about we had talked about the email that, that he had, that Valverde yeah. had sent. And the best part was so we get to the person we're like, well, maybe we should we should take this constructive criticism. Yeah. And so Dog goes to crack his first PBR and just goes Valverde, <laughs> and it was born. And that was it. Dog back and was like, screw that. Valverde. <laughs> and I remember after that, we were dying. And I'm sure when you heard it, Valverde, you were dying. And it just caught on. I was so, the rest, every beer from that show on was Valverde. And the next show, it was like, it never missed a beat. And it, it goes it, to it, prove, he could have hated us. You could you could have like become like the biggest hate mailer of us of all time. But instead, it turned the other way. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've talked oh. to you. Go ahead. I, I'll tell you. I'll keep I, going. We talk enough. Yeah. I lost it. I totally lost it when uh, I heard that. I, I thought it was so funny. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a pyro for life now because that was just completely classic. I actually had to share it with my wife. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I sent the, I, I'm like, I prefaced her and everything. I said, okay, I sent this email and everything. And then I go, check this out. And then my wife and I just like cracked up. It was awesome. Yeah. I'll never forget that. That. Well, I, it's 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 amazing that that to be honest, I mean, with all the second opinions and stuff we get on Twitter, and again, thank you. You're such an awesome share. No one shares more than you on 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 Facebook, and no one's as engaged as you on Facebook and and the social media. Even on Twitter, you and I are you're retweeting stuff all the time, and we're engaging on direct messaging, uh, and also you know just out in the open. And I appreciate that because. You know how it is. You spend a lot of time on that, and you're trying to build a, a camaraderie and a, and a team of people. And, and no question about it, you're you just one of the guys that, that that lives on social media, which is a key component to how we're getting this message out. So thanks a lot about that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you guys. I mean, you guys really you guys really make it fun. Um, I tell you, uh, there, there's so many podcasts out there that are like the 11 o'clock news you know they just well how do you feel about jamal charles oh you know 
<laughs> nice. And, and you guys, I swear, you guys, you guys bring it. You guys bring the facts, and then you guys bring the fun, and that's what separates, you know, pyro from everything. And I tell you right now that I'm, I was hooked from day one. I had some fun. It's just so strange, like the people you meet that remember shit you did when you used to get fucked up, and you don't want to remember. But they know the shit real well. Richard, don't you remember, man? We was fucked up together, Jack. We was walking down the street, right? And you stuck your arm up that elephant's ass. Don't you remember that? Elephant tightened his ass up around your arm. When walking down the street with you. You were swinging back and forth like that. You looked like a turn. So the last thing I'll say about the whole Val Verde thing, which is uh, just needs to be mentioned, is you know, in all the second opinions and the and the in uh, the social media and whatnot, is uh, and the direct emails. It's funny. Each people latch on to uh, us, and you've been writing a lot of news feeds and writing a lot of the pyropedias and done a few pieces of content on the site, which are all awesome. And uh, we've got a great character for you with you wearing Zubaz pants, and that's one of my faves. <laughs> so the man. Um, but the truth is, you know, just like we're getting emails from people that'll say, hey, I was spending the weekend, had a little downtime, and I was cleaning up the apartment, and I was Val Verde. It's, it's, it's a verb. It's, it's a verb. Yeah, yeah. It's a verb. And I like literally always going up. You know, I was having another one would be like, yeah, I was kicking back, listening to your four hour mini series, throwing back a few Val Verdes. <laughs> well, you, you'll be you also a noun be, and a verb. Well, you'll also be proud to know, like uh, uh, my uh, podcast, uh, not my my league. Uh, you remember Pedro Katz? We had him that that, that whole mention. So Pedro Katz, who's in my uh, league, came, comes over, and while we're doing our, our draft, he cracks a beer and goes, Valverde. <laughs> You're screwed. My league would probably all do that, but they're too shrewd to know. They can't look me in the eye and say, we know exactly now here's the test. what you're doing. We listen to you every week. Here's the test. <laughs> Have you told your friends about Pyro that are in your fantasy league? Are you hoarding us for yourself? You know, I, I, I have to do a little hoarding for, you know, I, you know, I, I, I like to keep secrets kind of, you know, on tap. So they, they need they need to figure it out themselves how to win the league because screw them. I'm all about winning this thing, and this is how I'm going to get here. So, so when one of his, so we'll know when we've come, when we've, like, really hit, when one of the guys in his league walks up to him and just goes, 
Valver. Yeah, you're gonna be like, shit, he found out. <laughs> they caught up to me. Yeah, they finally they caught up to me. <laughs> you're writing on the site. Don't want to tell your friends about it, though. I friggin love it. Friggin' awesome. Friggin' awesome. Well, I think there's... Uh, Valverde, this is, this is awesome, and we're just getting started, to be honest. Basically, what we're going to do here is we're going to have Houdini do one more breakout guy, and then we'll go in and kind of amongst the three of us chat our um, our sleepers. And each of us have a number of them, and, the, and they're looking at the list. It's like, literally, a lot of that in the sleepers that we're about to talk about, a lot of those guys are the difference maker on champ. Championship teams. We got. I got a lot myself. And so. all of us. I mean, all of us are just difference makers that are like, if these guys boom the way they can boom and get that opportunity, and a lot of this is about opportunity, these guys are just going to be that. All right, it's that Dominic Rhodes back in in '04 when friggin' uh, Edron James went down with a knee injury. If you had that guy and you drafted him as a backup or a handcuff, he took you pretty much deep into the playoffs, and he, he got him for literally a pickup or a late round steal in drafts. So um, Houdini, tell us about your guy that you've liked for a couple years, and no, no, we're gonna, no, seg- hold on, we're gonna segue. He's only been in the league one. I year. said, I said a couple years. Yeah, we, this is our second year. <laughs> So talk about him and uh, let us know and, and segue it. Well, no, here's why it's a segue it. because he's a guy who I believe could be a breakout guy, but is definitely a sleeper because he's not going to be drafted extremely high. He was a rookie last year, the top wide receiver. We're talking Tavon Austin, ridiculous speed that he has, um, but he only had 280 yards uh, receiving last year. He did have the one ridiculous game where he showed you what he could do uh, in, in the return game, uh, as well as, uh, as in, in, uh, if he gets an end around. But the typical thing is, and I wrote the whole article about the receivers that are under six feet tall, they really blow up in their second season. So let me just go real quickly and give a historical background as to why I think this is a potential breakout, but 100% without a doubt a sleeper because no one's targeting this guy within the first 30 to 40 wide receivers on the board. Uh, going back far, Harold Jackson, uh, who had uh, for the uh, had zero yards in his first season, a thousand eleven hundred and sixteen his uh, second year. Y'all remember Mark Duper? Again, zero yards his first year, a thousand three his second. Deshaun Jackson, he did better than Tavana with the two eighty nine hundred and twelve yards his first year, eleven fifty six his second. Randall Cobb, here's a similar similar guy. 375 yards uh, receiving his first year, 954 his second with 132 r- r- uh, rushing yards. Because I think Austin's going to have probably about 300 yards uh, rushing next year as well. I think more. At least. That's what I'm saying, right? Because they're, they're going to they're gonna use him every way they can. Gary Trey Cl- Mason pick kind of hurt a little bit on that, I think. Yeah. But I think they're going to be their change of pace guy. But Let me give you two other guys that are similar to him, okay? Remember Anthony Miller? Remember the speedster Anthony yeah, Miller? Yeah, San Diego, number right. 83. Yeah. Uh, 526 yards as a rookie. He blew up to 1,252 yards in his second season. Yeah, I remember I remember him. He was in that epic uh, draft with uh, Dion and Barry and all those guys in 89. He was, he was a fluid, awesome wide receiver to watch. He had some sick games. I think he's probably the best parallel for Tavon Austin uh, because he didn't have the amazing quarterback either. I think it was Stan Humphreys was his quarterback. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
The other guy that was Mark Clayton, he had Dan Marino, but but Bradford we got pretty high, so it's not we like do. We're it, it, he's chopped liver, you know. But at the same time, it's not like it's Dan Marino for Mark Clayton, who the last guy was a comparison. 114 yards his first year, and then blows up to 1384. Valverde, what's the um, what's the oldest, most retro, dope NFL jersey that you own uh, that you wear around when? Uh, you just you you know you're watching football all day. Um, speaking of the Chargers, that's probably it. I love that powder blue, <laughs> the the old white helmets. You know, oh. they, they were just it, it just it just doesn't get any better than this the old retro San Diego Charger uniform. So even though I'm a I'm a Colts fan, I'm a diehard Colts fan. They haven't really changed as much, but just that old AFL so, San Diego Charger uniform. Just I agree. So, which charger from that day would you have on there? Good question. Oh, I brought Bambi, of course. Yes. 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 Gotta be Lance Allworth. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Just, yes. Yeah, the, the I'm not going to lie. I think I feel threat. Oh, man. He was, he was awesome. He so was amazing. Um, Awesome. Well, let's um, move to sleepers. Yeah, I think you can move to sleepers where Tavon kind of was our first one that we do that. And I'm going to let you go first, Valverde. Um, you got a, you got some good names on your list here, but I'm going to talk about a guy that I actually had that I thought was going to be my rookie of the year, or not rookie, the, our, my the fantasy MVP of, of of for last year, and that was rookie Tyler Eifert. I have really effed that one up. Um, so I like that you have him as a sleeper because he's obviously a talent and came comes highly regarded and drafted and and. and no one had anything bad to say about him. It just seemed like he didn't get going in the offense last year. So why do you think that Tyler's going to rebound and, and, and uh, be w- worthy of a sleeper pick this year? Uh, well, the, re- the reason why I like Eifert is he has this tremendous size. He's 6'6", uh, and he's physical and strong. And it's, it's hard to beat, especially when you're a tight end. Uh I, I like I like the size comes into factor with especially in the red zone. So I think he's going to get um, even more more touchdowns and more looks this year um, by Dalton, who's who's not a bad uh, red zone uh, quarterback. Um, and I just believe that one of the biggest falters for uh, Tyler Arford was was Jermaine Gresham, and I, I think that him being in a second year, knowing the offense a lot more. I just think that he's going to take that step above Gresham and going to be the main guy. Well, and, and you got you got a new coach in there now. You know, Groom's gone, so it's it, right. Is it, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we saw what he did for Jordan Reed. You know, he likes the tight end. This is again a young tight end. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there's potential. There's a lot of potential. You have all the other things that are going around that offense is becoming. I don't know if they're going to be a prolific offense this year. It might be next year because with A.J. Green, with Giovanni Bernard, we love those guys. I love the addition of Jeremy Hill, who's going to end up, who's already taken over so far, uh, the Ben Jarvis Green Ellis role. Uh, I, you know, I like Marvin Jones. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and. You, you see what they have still with Gresham and Eifert. There's, there's a lot of weapons here, and Dalton has at his disposal. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, I was 
I, I think that's another problem probably with Eifert is the fact that there are so many weapons there. Um, and how many touchdowns can Dalton actually throw in a season? You know, I, I don't see him throwing more than 30 touchdowns. So if you consider those other pieces, Eifert's, Eifert's touchdown productivity is probably going to be, uh, I'd say, no more than six touchdowns. So I think you're going to see him uh, in the catch, you know, getting the receptions and the targets, but the touchdowns are probably not going to be as high as um, you would want him to be. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you know, here's the point. Like where I, I currently have Eifert as my 20th rated uh, tight end. So, so, so you have to think about it in these terms. Where you're getting him in draft position, right? Um, he's going to be not valued anywhere close to top. So you're going to be able to grab probably a top. This is why it's a sleeper. This is a guy you, you can probably get him. I have 19. Right. So if you think about it as, as far as six. tight ends, so you're probably saying, I don't know, anywhere from round 13 to round 16 is where he's going to go. But what he could do, because here's all it takes, right? All it takes is an injury. One guy goes down. Let's say, God forbid it's, God forbid it's A.J. Green. Uh, yeah. You know what? Because then they got to look for everyone else to step up for offense, and then and then I think Gresham helps him even well, even of course. as much. Well, either one, but if anyone, if anyone goes down on the offense, then that puts the the onus on who are the better talented players on the team to step into the role. So I think that's where it, it has a lot of potential for him, and especially because you're not reaching. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's down deep in the draft that. that that you can come in and that that exactly what it is that's what makes him to sleepers because he can produce and you can get him way, way late in the draft so yeah that's probably a very good definition of a sleeper player is tyler eifert let's do another one back to you valverde um and and go with go with the guy that we actually talked about a little bit earlier on the podcast um, before we got on with you, and that's uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously a smart dude, uh, moved from the Titans and a, a journeyman who's been around Buffalo, then he was Cincinnati where he made his name. Uh, now he's down in the Texans, and it looks like he's basically the day, penciled in as the week one starter. Uh, I like Tom Savage. I, I like Yates. I like, I like a lot of the things they have there, but this is the guy that's going to be running the show until he is absolutely atrocious, which could happen. Not No offense, but it could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. Uh, and or he gets hurt. So, as far as what you're thinking with Ryan Fitzpatrick, what are the reasons and the bonuses that you see on why he's going to find success as a sleeper this Besides year? Besides having the, one of the best beards in football. <laughs> and coming from Harvard, too. Um, I, I think that... Uh, I think the the main reason is fit, there's different styles of quarterbacks out there. There's a, those quarterbacks that are going to throw 24 touchdowns in the year. He's just not going to get any more now, you know. Um, but with Fitzpatrick, he he if he's playing a bad defense, he can throw three or four touchdowns in that game. He can throw for 300 yards. He has that capability. Um, of course, interceptions are going to be high. You know, that's just who he is. But he can throw for a lot of touchdowns. And speaking of that, the his games, this is his first six games. His first six games, Washington, Oakland, the Giants, Buffalo, Dallas, and Indianapolis. Now that, to me, is like a great start uh, for someone who can just, just dominate these weak, 
expenses. And then at the end of the season, the three of the four games, you have the Jags, the Colts, the Ravens, and the Jags again. So if you're a Week 17 um, league, you got the Jaguars in your championship, that might be a perfect opportunity for Ryan Fitzpatrick to come up and just dominate that game. So I really love his schedule. I know he can throw for a lot of touchdowns. You know, it's just it's, can he stay can he stay upright and you know limit the interceptions? Great, great points. Can I can I can I yeah. I want I want I want to jump in on why I think this could be a good situation for a Ryan Fitzpatrick in his career in the month of September, right when the season starts. He's played. He started a total of eleven games. He's seven and four. Uh, he has completed sixty-one point two percent of his passes for uh, two thousand two hundred eighty-three yards, uh, which becomes an average of two hundred and seven yards a game. Not not horrible. Uh, he has had twenty-five touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. Uh, so. He, it sounds like he's the kind of guy where he's always talk, been the guy that gets, starts gets off hot. strong. But he's played in Buffalo and Cincinnati, places where it gets cold. He's playing in Houston. It's not going to get cold in Houston. Love that point. So if maybe if even though he's the bearded wonder who comes from Harvard, who's always been around cold weather, maybe he's one of these guys who's like a California dude and he can't play in cold weather. I I love it. I, and I think he's the kind of guy who's had a lot of minutes played. A lot of down sna- uh, you know, snaps, hiked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's he's been. Uh, What'd you do today? I was snapping hikes. He's 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 cut through many <laughs> gaps. He's uh, he's he's I, he's shotgunned many balls. Oh jeez, <laughs> I wasn't taking it that way. No, I took it earlier that way when I said our our our, our penis. Yeah, you did. You, not you did go lines. there. You did go there. No, you're lucky. You missed that one. <laughs> but I will say one thing. This is a little shout-out to FF Magic Man who's doing a podcast now for the uh, FF Toolbox. We're big fans of that guy, another one of the industry's really super nice dudes. Uh, he's got that soothing, sultry voice on his podcast. Kind of lulls you into a fantasy little, like, a little, like, hazy. You're just, the stars are going. You don't know whether you're about to pass out. I don't know whether I listen to him when I'm going to bed or what, but... <laughs> Giving him a shout out because basically to go to your end right now, basically he's like, I got some, que- I need some questions that I'll answer on the mailbag for the podcast. No, no one was uh, responding, so I gave him, one, I gave him a few, and one of them was like, ask your listeners if anyone in the industry can take D Rex on in the hamburger drill. The answer is no. The ham- take it. If anyone can beat me in the hamburger drill in the industry, let's do the challenge. We'll meet up somewhere. You don't know the hamburger. You weren't a football player as a kid. You were a no, soccer player. I was player. a soccer it's, player, yeah. It's all right. I was okay too small. I, I weighed 98 pounds as a freshman <laughs> in high school. They wouldn't let me play football. Industry-wide, <laughs> I'll beat anybody in the hamburger drill one-on-one. That's the challenge right there. Is that the one-on-one challenge drill? That's, that doesn't include you, Valverde, because you're on my team. Uh, yeah, you're a pyro guy. I might have to come... I might have to come down there now in Chicago and see what you got. You're on Team Pyro, bro. I'm talking about the other, the the, the, oh, the competition, other, uh, not you, dude. I got you. I, I see. You. I don't. Want, I don't want to mess with that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mess with that. But the rest of the industry, bring it on. 
Let's go. I might be more McCluster than I than I care to think, but uh, now I gained some pounds, so maybe I got a little more Sean Green in me. But that's a I challenge. Think, think if anyone's got it, let's do it. Let's you promote want, it. Want to know what Houdini's prediction is? Yeah, I think you got a little Run DMP in you. <laughs> Well, that's a good. That's that hurts my feelings, but I got a little bit of a segue there. I got a segue there, and I'm gonna talk about my first sleeper, and that is a guy that was a sleeper before they signed. Uh, for, really, Dogmatica got me onto this guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna do Latavius Murray on Oakland, up by you there, Valverde. I, I think you know you got MJD injured. Let's be honest. The last uh, since he led the league in rushing, it's been a bad time for oh. him. Hold on, hold on. I want to and jump you got Ron DMP, the guy you mentioned. I want to jump in bound to be injured. Yeah, go. He's from Oakland. Yeah. The Bay Area. He's played in Oakland Coliseum twice. The two times he's played there, he's been injured. Yeah. He now signed a contract to play there for DMP games. Yeah. And, and he's going to be DMP himself. And that's why I like Latavius Murray, who is a house. He's bigger. He's a bigger, faster, meaner version of a DeMarco Murray. Where I just think it's the kind of literally last round, really low. Unless he starts blowing up in the preseason, and they're basically like, ah, "Why did we re-sign one of these guys?" But they got them both pretty cheap, uh, MJD and, and DNP. But this is a guy with injury strikes, or just it just turns out those guys are washed up. More so MJD. This guy might just be one of those guys that comes out of nowhere. Um, like a Gardner. Like maybe a Gardner uh, back in the day. You know, who's another player that came out? A Ruben Drones out of nowhere for a team. This is the kind of guy that I don't think he's going to have a great career. But if, if Marcel Reese or whatever that fellow's mm-hmm. name yep, is, who's yep. a big glorified, uh, and I like him. I like him, but he's you know he's a blocking back that can catch. He's a fullback that yeah he's, he's a Larry he's a Larry Sanders of this generation, and he's a big dude, and he's a big dude. Yeah. But I um and I like him, but I think that if things, if the whole Ouija board comes together, the stars align. This is the kind of guy that you can get for peanuts, and there's someone you could slot in your lineup uh, for you a can handful even, of weeks, you, and not and be like happy about the upside and the, hopefully the continuation of a good good season. He's a guy that you don't even necessarily have to draft; you just wait and 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 make the first pickup before one of those guys gets hurt. I'm in 24 pick leagues, so I'm I'm like I'm like in 16 yeah. pick leagues, so I don't have I don't have, I don't have room. <laughs> My friends just don't want to stop. We're like, uh, all right, guys, it's uh, nine in the morning. We started this party like almost a day ago. Let's shut this out. Like, dude, this is my favorite so, day of the year. Valverde, do you agree with him on Latavius Murray? Valverde, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree up to a, a certain point. Um, I think that obviously MJD and Run DMP is. Probably, you know, it's obvious they're going to get hurt because uh, why wouldn't they? Um, so that that just leaves McMurray and, you know, what has he got? I don't know, but I think that it's he's going to get playing time. So if you can get a starter, which he will be because both of them, um, both those uh, DMP and uh, MJD will be out, um, then why not go for it? I mean, it's it's running backs are so rare in the in this league. Um, that especially a full-time running back, it's just um, I, I I can go with that. I can definitely go with that as a sleeper. Yeah, here, here's here's my backing on it because what for me makes him an, a, a great sleeper, 
It's a great sleeper. It also depends. Like you said, I can't target him in a 16-round draft where I, I need to make sure that these guys are going to start for me right away. And I, God forbid if I have an injury, then I'm, 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 then I'm screwed. But if I'm in a deeper draft, like you're saying, yes, I want to take him as that deeper threat because here's where I really think he'll have value. And I think that even if, this is why I say, even if you have a, a 16 team uh, limit to your, to your roster, 16 man, it's okay. Wait and get him by week three or so because I think that McFadden and MJD are going to be okay for the first few weeks of the season. But even if they stay healthy throughout the whole season and they buck their trend, right? I don't think Oakland's going to be a good team. And yeah. So, your MJD is not your future. Darren McFadden, you 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 know what that experience is. Why wouldn't you take a guy like Latavius Murray and see what you really got? So he's one of those guys who could be the benefit of a bad team getting the chances. And look at the division he's in. Do you think that they're better than San Diego? Do you think they're better than Kansas City? Do you know they're not better than Denver? I don't think they're better than any of those teams. So, but I like their youth and what I think they can do from an offensive standpoint. Which means with you Shaw play there. the youth. I, I, I like that. And I want him not to play Derek Carr for that reason. I let, let him sit the season. Let Shaw take the beating this That's year. a guy by you, Valverde. What do you think about, uh, first off, Latavius, but also Derek Carr in the mix? Is he a guy that's getting playing time this year? Or is it more of a sit him for a year, sit with the Shaw? What, what, what do you anticipate knowing... Uh, Knowing him intimately from Fresno and whatnot. Um, one of the things that Carr Carr was in was a, a, in an explosive offense. I mean, the, the head coach just really put him in a great position to succeed. And his the the hall I can't remember the bowl game he was in, but he just got slaughtered, and that that killed his draft stock. So I think he has all the skills to be a starting quarterback. But it's it's whether the competition is going to uh, hamper him or or not. And I I believe wholeheartedly that if Matt Schaub can stay healthy and the Raiders can maintain a reasonable record, then Carr should just you know learn and just see what he can get from the information and from the playbook and from what Schaub is is delivering out on the field. Do you think that? Um that Schaub could have a renaissance season? Is he a guy that you have any interest in, or is it more of one of those power and numbers type of things uh, that they just don't score enough fantasy points that uh, that quarterback in the position on that team isn't going to really benefit you much? Yeah, I, Schaub is not going to throw for many touchdowns. Um, they, they play in a weak defensive division. All those teams that are there are pretty weak as far as the defense, but I just think that um, that Shaw is just not a quarterback that's going to throw for more than 30 touchdowns no matter where he's at. He's probably going to be um, at max a 25-touchdown guy. And then with the Raiders, probably looking at maybe 18 to 20 at the most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what, though? I, I kind of disagree in, in the sense that you look at what uh, Oakland quarterbacks can do. Look at what Carson Palmer did when he was there. I think that's kind of more what I kind of envision happening there. A lot of receivers, a lot of talent. They, they, they're going to throw the ball around a lot. I don't. I don't think better than any, average talent. I don't think that any receiver is going to particularly do well. But I think that Schaub. You talk about part of the other problem <coughs> with uh, Kubiak is that his his offense became so telegraphed. 
Mm-hmm. People knew what they were going to do. There was an article I just read. It was like on Bleacher Report, like saying like, here's the thing that came out a year ago talking about why Kubiak was failing, and it was like uh, 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 not recognizing what the defense was doing in the in the certain situation, and he was just being stubborn because it had worked for him in years past, and he yeah. kept calling this dude a play without adjusting. And we know if you don't evolve in this league, you fail. So I think that Schaub being out of that system, and and, and look, I, I I don't think that's going to be a great season. It's going to be, again, a lot of ups and downs. But I can easily see him potentially throwing 27, 28 touchdowns. I'm going to throw another one. Also throwing 24, 25 interceptions, yeah. mind you. I, I, I see that. You know, it's, it's an interesting team. I think, I think there's a lot of above-average talents, but... Um, what is that really going to bring you? But Latavius at the end, if those other two guys go down and they're out of the league seemingly sooner than later, I feel like he's going to be the guy that's going to get a lion's share of the carry. So, uh, Valverde, what do you th- what are you thinking? I got the guy uh, Jared Boykin on the list here. Um, obviously, wide receiver who's now in a great position with the departure of James Jones. What are your thoughts on him, and why do you really what just? Talk us through why you think he's a great sleeper for this upcoming season. Well, the, the number one reason why is is he plays in that Green Bay offense. I mean, when you got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, he's it's just going to be a throw all day, and he's going to get plenty of opportunities being the number three guy, even maybe the two, uh, being the Z receiver. Uh, he has he has good good size and strength. He's six one, and um, when. Uh, when Rodgers went out, he uh, and when um, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Cobb. Yeah, Cobb. When Cobb when he took when Cobb went out with injury and Boykin stepped in, he did a he it almost didn't even miss a step. Yeah, he was a, he was a, a lot like um, Cobb in that situation. Uh, finished the year with 49 receptions, 681 yards, and three touchdowns. And I think another another solid reason is that. Defenses are going to are going to um, focus on Cobb and Nelson, which is going to leave him wide open on the field and catch and run. And I just think he's going to be pretty explosive for that Green Bay offense. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you, you also have to t- take into account it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to take what the defenses give him. Look at the simple fact that it was uh, what was it. Three years ago that Jordy Nelson had, was it 15 touchdowns? And then two years ago it was James Jones that had 14 touchdowns. Uh, When he's healthy, which he will be this year, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Boykin now is that third receiver. As you said, he doesn't have the cachet in the name of of a Randall Cobb or a Jordy Nelson. Greg Jennings or James Jones before him. Right. They're all going to be paying attention to those guys. They're going to say, let Jared Boykin beat us. We're going to go one-on-one at him. You throw to him all day. I'd rather you throw to him than you throw to Jordy Nelson. And now we got a running game, so we got to actually consider yeah. th- th- coming out yep. of uh, handoffs in the backfield. So one thing I want to say while we're on, while we're on the, the, uh, the Packers, um, did anyone see the picture of – you know, you guys know that I'm, a, I'm an ever-hater of Aaron Rodgers because he's, he's dating the girl that I should be dating, my favorite Hollywood starlet, Olivia Munn. I've, uh, I've never tossed off to her. But I've, I've, I've thought about it. Liar! I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Um, but he's dating her, and I don't know if you saw this picture. If you're listening to this, do a search right now. I'm going to do a search, do a search right search. now. Okay. Aaron Rodgers 
awkwardly kissing Olivia Munn. He's holding his hands by his chest, by his stomach, while he's making out with one of the most beautiful, sexy, dirty. She's a little freak, uh, but just a little <laughs> hottie. And this, he's got her, and he's gonna go in. Yeah, there. Oh no, you gotta go to a different. You got. They gotta show his hands. Okay, hang uh, on. I get it. And he's I'll get just. It. He's basically giving him, shaking his own hand, uh, like he's like cold and timid when he's got the just the most gorgeous girl sitting right there. Oh, he's got his. What hands, is he's that? He's got his hands folded. What is that? He's She's not touching her. her. He's kissing oh the girl. Oh my god! I'm not gonna say there's oh anything wrong with god. this, but he no. doesn't like women. He's got his hands on his own stomach, like. Like I hope you guys crossed, are all googling this. Cross, holy crap! If you had that piece his, of his beautiful, first of all, smart, his hands are right by some boob he could be grabbing. Oh my god, my hand like the, the shirt would be off. Oh, was, she's not even wearing a bra. Oh my god! She's oh my so god! Hot. Yeah. She's got that pan Asian. What's hotness. he doing? I don't know. Let's close it out. I'm getting pissed uh, off. Uh, I don't know. I'm not looking at his hands anymore. Close that. Get that thing out of here. But, dude, you don't deserve her. You don't want her. I can set you up. I can set you up with someone I over here in, uh, over near the Wrigley Field. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. so pissed. Okay, we need to pop. Listeners, we got to pop this pirate thing become a household name so Olivia Munn is giving me the time of day. We're going to have a long podcast. We're going it's for gonna three be hours. Long, it's going to be a long podcast. This is what happens when we bring in Valverde. So, Valverde, you like uh, Rashad Jennings moving from Oakland, the team we were just talking about, having a breakout year and going over to the Giants. What are you seeing there that makes you think that he's going to be a good sleeper for this season? You know, even though he had two bad years, um, Eli Manning is going to have a pretty, pretty solid year. And um, McAdoo's system is is very quarterback friendly. Um, and then, as you pointed out, Jennings had a great, great year with the Raiders. I mean, being with the Raiders, you can't really expect much, but he did perform out outperform what expectations were for the Raiders. Um, a couple of things that I've noticed about him, number one, is that he has very good hands. I mean, he catches the ball uh, very easily, and he's, he's just, you know, just a well, well-gifted receiver. And once he gets his hands on the ball, he's explosive. So I, I just really think that Eli Manning is going to key on him and get him the ball so they can so make some dynamic plays. Yeah, you know, I, I think for him – the other thing that stands out to me is that he's been well, – well, he was a backup to MJD, and he only got limited touches in his first two seasons, in 2009 and 2010. He did average 5.2 and 5.5 yards per carry. While he got his first major shot um, last season with Oakland, he had 163 carries, and he averaged 4.5 yards per, per, per carry. So you, you, you see what he, what he has – this is a guy also who has been in the league now for five seasons. He's going into his sixth year, yet he has not taken the beating. He's only had 387 carries in his five years. So going into New York, going into a situation where he's going to have good receivers and Victor Cruz and Randall Cobb, and now they drafted Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you have weapons around him. And I think that... While you know no one's scared of him initially as as a as a real breakout guy, he is the prototypical steady running back that you can get later in drafts, and they'll give him the ball in the red zone. 
because they only have is David Wilson otherwise. And I think I think also is is yeah is exactly is, is he's going to be what what the Giants hoped in David Wilson, and he's he's going to be that player. Where, uh, David Wilson can catch the ball, well, Jenny did too, and they're not going to have to worry about. Uh, uh, whether David Wilson's going to cough up the ball because someone nicked him in the head, you know, or or poked him in the eye, or whatever fumbleitis this guy's got today, you know, he's going to secure the ball and he's going to get in the end zone. And if they need to go out and pass the ball, perfect. So I'm I'm really I'm really thinking that Jennings is is the Giants. Fine, over you know someone like Darren McFadden and and MJD. MJD I I, don't know, I think they really uh, missed the bad there, but yeah, I really think that this is going to be a good year for Jennings. Cool. Well, I, I agree. I want to keep an eye on them and see where they're, they're putting that workload. Um, let's close out your last um, sleeper here. We're b- breaking up a little bit uh, just on that last one. Everything else has been sounding pretty good, but. Uh, I don't know if we're starting to use more bandwidth or what's happening, uh, or more people. More people are downloading porn right now across across many <laughs> networks than than they were when we started the podcast. Bad part of the night. Bandwidth on the run. <laughs> bandwidth on the run. All right, I like it. That's good crossover there, baby. So you got Devonta Freeman. Give us a little, um, give us a little background and, and, and what you think on him and why you think he's a good sleeper. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna kind of bid you goodbye, my friend. And I think you've been friggin' amazing on this uh, podcast. So I, I'm just really fired Thank up on, on, on just uh, hearing your energy about and talking through this with you on air. So what do you think about Devonta? Well, thank you. Well, the one one of the major things that I I, I like about the Devonta is the fact that I don't see when Jackson's going to remain healthy this year. He just, um, he, you know, he, he was a great back for the Rams, and and his time has come. So that leaves the door open for for Freeman, Devonta Freeman, and Freeman, man, he is fast. Um, he knows he knows how to drop. He knows he knows one of the good things that are going to keep him healthy. I tell you this is he knows how to drop his pad level down. There's so many running backs out there that no, that just get hit, uh, hurt every year because they they keep their pad level high and it exposes them for inj- um, injuries. With Freeman, he knows how to dip down low and absorb that contract, uh, contact. Uh, he does have good hands, uh, so he, he's available um, outside the pocket. Uh, probably Stephen Jackson, so you're, you're you're probably on par there with with that. And um, he's very reliable after the catch. He's going to pick up yards. Um, he's sort of a stocky guy, uh, like a Levy Bell, uh, stocky, but but you know, kind of small um, in in height. Um, I think that uh, he needs to work on his blocking um, to get on, on the field more. I think Stephen Jackson, he's going to be the starter, you know, for maybe six, seven games or whatever. He can develop that during that time. Um, and then I think he's going to be really good in the goal line situations where he can just pile through, get, uh, hit a defender straight on, move him back, and score a touchdown. So I, I really I really like his chances for, for touchdowns as a rookie um, at this point. 
That's awesome, man. I, I love it. I'm, I'm going to definitely keep my eye on him, especially the uh, the speed aspect. I haven't really. Well, yeah. So he's a, he's a guy. He's a rookie. He's five foot eight and a half, uh, two hundred and six pounds. Ran a four five eight forty. Val Valverde, worst Valverde opening the system of all time. So That's a French way, beer called Cronenberg sixteen sixty four. I said it is French. It's it's, it's a great beer, like, and I like the French a lot more than that, most of our American um, people. But do you, do you know that, that beer gives the le- least amount of fizzle Valverde love of know any beer that we've had on air? That the water Peru <laughs> has more carbonation than that. It's, something's wrong. Peru. The beer, no, the beer tastes good. <laughs> it just doesn't open to Valverde standards. No, it doesn't. So <laughs> I'm going to open up. It doesn't have that pop, huh? It, here, so it doesn't I'm, have that Valverde it, it, it's pop. It's about that time. So since yeah, we're, so we're going to compare, we're going to we're going to basically that, this is our bon voyage to an awesome show with you uh, on air with us, Valverde. We're going to go on and we're going to do a couple more. But 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 I want I want let me talk for just a second here because what I'm going to open for him on my Valverde is my final. It's a good it's a good beer for Valverde. It's a victory Storm King Imperial. Stout. So let's see. Let's see. Let's hear if it's Valverde worthy. It's a V. Val. Verde. That one was good. Yeah. That one. That yeah. was your best ever. That's <laughs> that was a once in a lifetime move. That was like oh. that was the take from the commercial that they keep. That's called Houdini's in action. Holla for a dollar. Holla nice for a dollar. Um, <laughs> hey Val. Just want to say honestly, man. Thanks for all the work you've been doing with us. We've never met each other in person, but we've spent hours talking to each other and communicating with one another about this great sport, the NFL, and uh, fantasy football is obviously a big part of it, and uh, appreciate all you're doing and your energy and your focus on this stuff. So it's been awesome to have you on the show. I think uh, Houdini's got I, some words. and uh, I just want to say absolutely, you know, we, we, we all work so hard at this and, and to find other people that have the same passion that we can share that passion with and that, that get us. Uh, and and uh, you know for us to be uh, for you to, for everything that you've done uh, for people check out Pyropedia Valverde has a ton of stuff in there in Pyropedia it's awesome this is this is the history aspect that we were talking about when we were introing uh, this guy this is what it's about this is we all have this passion we want you all to have this passion that's yeah. why. Not only are we going to be the fishermen who are not going to just feed you the fish, we're going to teach you how to fish and feed you for a lifetime, but we're also going to feed you on the history of the NFL. We're going to bring the soul. It's, right. not, all, it's not all about stats. It's not Have respect people, for the past and you'll know the, the future. Human beings play the game. Val Verde, man, you're, you're the, the best. best. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. I'm excited to have... Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm excited to have you listen to this, and um, you're, you're one of the greats. So, nice work, my man. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, that was awesome having uh, Val Verde, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, on the show. We've actually been uh, Val Verde in a little bit here tonight because we've been uh, setting up some non-podcast up, setting up the podcast, now doing the podcast, setting up technology to bring uh, Mr. Val Verde from the West Coast to the Midwest. And uh, so... Drinking Imperial Here. Stouts. We're Cheers. Valverdean. Valverdean. When I was drinking, though, it was fun. I had to stop drinking, though, because I got to her, like, waking up in my car driving 90. You know, you know, t- trying to talk 
to the police when your mouth don't work. I don't know what it is that make drunk people want to talk. But you can bet if somebody drunk, he gonna talk. You know what I mean? You ever be driving, the police ease up behind your ass, put them bright lights on you, and your brain starts going, don't worry about it, just be cool. Everything, don't worry, just be cool. Now straighten up, just put your arm, put your arm on, on the window. That's right. Put your arm on the window, be cool. Lay back, all right. Just get it together, you're ready now. When, when it come up, say everything's fine, all right? Just say, everything's fine, everything's fine, all right. Now that's what you say in your brain, but your mouth has made up its mind. Your mouth be saying, I'm gonna say these words the way I fucking want to. Please will come under my, how you feeling? I love it because actually we just took a uh, a little bit of a break after after signing uh, Val Verde out and for technology reasons and uh, speaker reasons uh, we shut it down and and basically we looked at each other and I was like man I've been up since seven o'clock this morning which is not the norm D Rex I'm not certainly not a norm morning morning person I'm more of a late night person get to get up around eight thirty nine get my same with going. me and I got up at seven o'clock and then you said well. the same thing like dude I was up so early this morning and we're like sitting here I'm just gonna give you give you our dedica- dedication lines here it's ten forty two still I, early in my I'm shocked mind, my really voice is working because I actually presented today and basically to- spoke for about two and a half hours straight. Now I'm running on another two and a half hours. How about, Good how about Houdini interviewed for a new job today and got a promotion? So I swear. Two times. Two times. No, two times. Congratulations. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it on the py- pyro shite so we don't have to. So That's what I'm looking so, for. I want to quit that it. effing job. Come on. We're doing man. it. We're doing it. It's coming. Uh, and it, it's also the one thing, last pyro promo. Thanks for all the love you've been giving us. Yeah, uh, we love it. And the emails and all the feedback and all that stuff. Just to be as humble as possible. It's more than ever. We get emails every day. And people just telling us how much you guys appreciate what we're doing. And I'm going to end it there. But it's awesome. It's touching stuff. I'm not going to end there. I'm going to say this. All it does is make me want to work harder. Absolutely. And I want to find more ridiculous stats and, and unearth different things. And, Answer and, your questions and to give you a secondary opposite I want to help you win opinion. your fucking league. That's it. That's it. So it's awesome. So thanks a lot, guys. And uh, one of the things that I, I was thinking about um, this week is, is that someone told me that they had come across us from a book uh, that had pointed out to them that, hey, check out uh, the Dogmatica and D-Rex Tears video on YouTube, and it's like called Fantasy Football Intelligence or something book. So I, I haven't read it, so I'm not trying to give it a, a, a testimonial. Actually, I believe I spoke with this guy, and he emailed me a couple times, but he never gave me the 411 that he was including. Uh, you know, our Tears thing, as we called out, we pioneered this system and, and pushing it, and we're it's our movement, and it's amazing. And people come across it, and this guy today on Facebook was like, "Dude, I came across you asking this question, Houdini." on point right away answers like only he can because it was a question about different types of leagues and where you can park them blah 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 without getting too wordy um the guy said hey i came across you from being in this book i didn't even know until literally today until he told we us that yeah they said that on facebook that we were in the book so i asked him was it my first version from 2010 uh video i did alone uh 
wearing a Dirk Nowitzki jersey, or was it the one that me and Dog did last year, about literally almost to the T probably a year ago? And what made me think, and something uh, I talked to Dogmatica about today, with his hoarse voice and being sick and out and whatnot, uh, we're going to do a three-way uh, update for this season video. Keep, try and keep it to a half an hour, but knowing us, if it goes to 40 minutes, now YouTube, you can play them for as long as you want, uh, which is smart by them. But we're going to do our updated tiers video of why we do them, actually talk a little more and go into actually the guys that are sitting in our tiers, so it's kind of a merger of tiers piece plus tier strategy and why we kind of are all about this. So, uh, Houdini, let's go to your... Go whichever route you want to go. Who are some more of your sleepers? Yeah. Who's the guy you want to talk about? So let's, I'll start at the quarterback position, a guy that I'm, I really like. We talked about in our last podcast, a team that we really like is a potential coming up is E.J. Manuel. Um, I love that he's got the big arm. He's got the absolute speedster in Marquise Goodwin. He's got the awesome uh, uh, possession receiver in Robert Woods. I, I like that he's now got the dynamic rookie receiver in Sammy Watkins. He's got the trusty, reliable six foot seven inch tight end in Scott Chandler. He's got the veteran uh, running back, uh, the extraordinaire in Fred Jackson. He's got the dynamic running back with something to prove this year in C.J. Spiller. That's a lot of pieces around you that all. Look pretty good. He got it from his mama. You got mama. a guy who's not going to be valued. At, what's that? He got it from his mama. He did get it from his mama. Juvenile. You get everything from your mama. But he is not being valued as a top 12 quarterback, as a top 15 quarterback. In some places, not even as a top 20 quarterback. That's sleeper value, okay? There are so many different. Let's let's def, let me define how I look at sleepers too. There are, there are sleepers all throughout your draft. It's just is it a top end sleeper or is it a middle round sleeper or is it a deeper round sleeper? Because at every point in the draft, whether it's rounds three through five, whether it's rounds six through nine, uh, ten through twelve, or thirteen through sixteen, there's value in uh, there's someone that's going to be popping out of all those places. Are you finding the guys that have the potential to pop? And these are there are guys at different levels. So I have EJ Manuel, not a top end guy as a sleeper. Here's a sleeper that you're grabbing as your backup. And now yeah. you get an injury, but here's a guy that could potentially finish top twelve because of all those things I just told you. Oh man. He's got talent out the wazoo. He's young, they're young, but these are all they got rid of they got rid of Stevie Johnson. Right. Who, in their opinion, I think was more of that kind of head case guy where it's like, hey, new regime, let's get out the sourpuss, rah, 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 what have you. Um, you know, the 49ers have the kind of locker room that can handle a guy like that and put him in his place. He's not going to do his thing. Uh, and he probably want, likes being on a winner. But the fact is, I agree. I mean, that team is just primed and seasoned. I mean, Chandler is as underrated as it gets. I don't even know if he's on your list, but he's not. No. But he's, he's friggin' just under. He overperforms every time. And think about, the, you mentioned the Colts. Indianapolis Colts, first year with, I know, I'm doing my, my Bill Clinton. My Bill, I, 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 the GoPro is One coming. Point. Tell, him, tell him the GoPro is coming. GoPro is coming. Buying it tomorrow. 11 o'clock meeting. Get in the GoPro. So, in all honesty, I don't know how it's going to work. It's going to be buggy at first. But our next podcast... We'll, there, we will have an accompanied video version of it. Not not sure how long. Is it going to be a full video? It'll be a full video. Full on, huh? Why not? Why not? Let's see it. Are we, shifting, no are we shifting heads on uh, perspective? 
I hope we're not editing for four hours. No, it's just gonna be. It's gonna be. Raw. It's to gonna be, be honest. Like, that one I think is gonna be. We, we're not gonna be able. No to edit. edit. It's gonna be no it's edit. Gonna be, it's gonna be it's raw. Actually, it's gonna be Cloverfield. It's, like, it's gonna be Cloverfield. It's behind the scenes because we'll be like because because sometimes Houdini will mess up. I'm like Houdini. I will, we'll All the time before an edit, and I get, I get, and I get pissed and off. We'll see this stuff, and make sure and you edit this. Yeah, yeah. I'll say something stupid, like I'm gonna edit that. But like, you always edit your stuff, but whenever yeah. I say something, you say stupid, you're gonna edit it, but you don't. You keep it in there. You're trying to put me <laughs> right now because to be because honest, I need edits all the time. No, you're great. Dude. I know. The truth is, we you are great. Fun. We no, have there fun. Was, there was one. There was one that was great. The only time I ever edited something that I knew Houdini would call me out on was the. Uh, Doctor, Doctor Steve Bro, yeah, you Dr. did. I, I couldn't believe it. It, it wasn't as fun. All of them were so good, and to do it after we closed it out, it just there. You you you've shined the light. I love the guy, and I thought those that audio was great in that. But I cut out the very last one after we did the song, so we did our outro song, and then he's like, "No, I'm playing this. I'm playing this." Like, and then I listened to the podcast, and, and he goes, "Because D Rex goes, I'm just gonna cut it because you know what." He's not going to listen to the podcast. No, I didn't. Dude, when I was editing, I'm like, <laughs> I, can't, I don't know how it's going to come, but Houdini, you, I can't get much by you. You're, no, you're, I'm a, savvy, on top you're, of it. you're a savvy guy, and I respect that, and that's why we dominated this stuff. So give me, give me you're a sleeper. the shite. Uh, all right. Go, I'm going to go with my guy, Joe Flacco. I'm going to talk about him brief, real briefly because we talked about so many players wrapped around him. I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about everybody pretty briefly at this yeah, point in time. We're, we're running long, so we're going to go briefly. Flacco, I like it. He's got weapons. Just having Pitta back, having um, you know a, a more seasoned uh, uh, what's what's the wide receiver's name that we've already talked about twenty five times. Steve Smith. Steve, no, not Tory Smith. Tory Smith. The One of the Smiths. Got, got, yeah, got all kinds of. Smith I, there. I just I just like what he's going to have there. I think um, you're going to get a bounce back season. Not that I want him on my team, but it, it helps for fantasy and other kind of power and numbers players around you. I think Ray Rice will have a better season than he's had the past couple. Uh, I don't know. I just like Flacco. It's a guy that's won a Super Bowl MVP, and he's uh, maybe he's not the MVP. I don't think he was, actually. Super Bowl championship with a Super Bowl MVP-type contract. He wasn't the MVP. Um, but I think he's, he's a stud, and he's two years removed from one of the best Four or five game runs that the league's ever seen. This guy's got skills. Here's the thing, too. We, we already mentioned EJ Manuel. Now you bring up Joe Flacco. These are guys that are in the t- 18 to 20 range of quarterbacks. It's not Man Crush so, podcast. No. It's sleepers. And, and these are guys that, you know, you have to realize yes, the quarterback position we thought was like the deepest position in the world last year didn't prove out to be. Like, there are still definite real breaks. And we still believe that there are real breaks. But there are also guys here, like that you're mentioning with these guys, and I'll throw another guy out there, Ryan Tannehill, who's also in the same category. Are These are guys that, yeah, if things fall right, if guys come back to form, if guys stay healthy, boom, these guys can put up points. Ryan Tannehill's also like E.J. Manuel in a growing offense. Guys that, you know, now Mike Wallace is there for a second year. Brian Hartline's been there for a while. You bring in the uh, Jar- uh, Landry, Jane, Lar- Jarvis Landry. Our audience knows. We're fans right. of this guy. And we Charles Clay. We we're going to talk about Tannehill in a positive light every podcast until the season starts. Because well, he's going to do well. Because he's good. Right. His trajectory and, and his, his, next, his next step in the progression of being an NFL quarterback is going to be 
Good. I mean, Sometimes teams just do it right finally. It's taken them forever since they lost Dan Marino to find anybody at quarterback. They found a gem in Tannehill in the season of the quarterback where, you know, it seems like he was the most innocuous. Even though Russell Wilson's already won a, a Super Bowl, yeah, yep, <laughs> Andrew yep. Luck is what Andrew Luck is, RG3 is RG3 is. Yeah. Let's, let's wait. I want to say 10 years from now, Tannehill... May not be the best of them all, but he's not going to be at the bottom of that list. I will guarantee you, he's he might be second on that list. He's going to get. He's going to. It's good player. His opportunities are happening. Good player, and, and they're 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 building it smartly around him. It, here's here's the question: Is he going to have like a Cutler like season, or I mean, not season? Uh, sorry, a Cutler like career? And hope, we all think that Cutler could do some great stuff over the next three years, but and I don't think that. Or is he going to have more of a of a Matt Ryan type and Mike, Matt Ryan. No, 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 I know. I think Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford are, are more the. I think someone that's got had more actually more years though. Here, I mean, no, no. Here's why. Here's why. Kind of contemporary. Jay Cutler. There was dissent within the organization when him. Tannehill's not that guy. Tannehill. Yeah, he's a good dude. Tannehill's trying to make whatever it is work, and because of that, that's why it's a perfect fit. Because. He's not the malcontent there. He's not. He's not the one that's like asking for more, that's demanding more. He in his draft class, he wasn't the best quarterback. He can't go back. All those guys I just mentioned. Pick there's nothing. That he, there's nothing he can say that, that's going to put him over those guys that were drafted the same year as him. So he's got on his side the the wherewithal and the want to, and that want to and wherewithal is going to make him be endeared to Miami, and they are going to build that team around him. And that's why he's going to be successful. I agree with you. I'm going to mention one guy really quickly, just because I think he's going to slide so far that I have to, that I have to, is Josh McCown. So it, it's such, it's such an, a weird thing for me to want to choose a Lovey Smith quarterback that is coming off of an epic season when he had done essentially zero the previous 11 seasons of his NFL career. And Josh McCown, I think he's got the same kind of weapons. I think he's got that tall kind of, you know, I think you said it yourself, Houdini, a few weeks ago. He, he just needs the, that tall wide receiver, that big target. And I think he's going to get that opportunity. This offense has got a great running back. I like Doug Martin. I don't care what anyone says. I think Doug Martin's primed to be kind of right back there in the in the mentions of elite, certainly RB1 running backs. I think he's going to be drafted there this year, and I think he's going to be worth it. And you've got that kind of talent. You've got a Vincent Jackson, who might be on the, the tail end of his of his career, but he's still got some game left in him. And I think with his height and his, he seems like a savvy guy. He's just getting better and better. He's learning how to, uh, a la maybe Michael Irvin, as he got, he was never a burner. As he got slower and older, he just learned different savvy ways to bring the best out in his talents and his game and use his smarts and his body, his big body, against the defenders. I think that's kind of stuff that you're going to be able to see from Vincent Jackson. You've obviously got, they drafted Mike Evans. I mean, high, high draft pick. That, sh- that should be good. You've got, the, you've got the weapons. Who knows if Timothy Wright's going to, what he's going to do. They actually drafted a tight end. I, I forget his name, the rookie tight end. Yeah, it's Austin Safarian Jenkins. There you go. It's a tough name. I've done too many. Hyphenated name. So here's the thing. I, I, I agree. You know, he's a great sleeper because, again, I'm not targeting him, even though he was a free agent that was signed, that was brought in, has been anointed the starter, um, you know, had the amazing season with the Bears. But what, why part of the reason? Who is the most loved guy 
in every town that doesn't have a franchise quarterback. It's the backup quarterback. That just came off in a, a fresh season. Well, and, and again, so with the Bears, uh, no, I'm just saying, no, Jay Cutler was brought I, I, in here as the franchise yeah. quarterback. And but but and here's the good thing I want to no, say. Right. I'll, I'll say this about Chicago, and it's been 60-40 split, and I'll give the credit to the sixty percent and fuck the forty percent. Uh, is that people are the, who are behind Cutler, the sixty percent that are behind Cutler. I'm with you guys. I'm behind him too. Yes, you jettison Josh McCown. We don't need to have him here. Cutler got hurt. He's been amazingly tough in his time here in Chicago. Yeah. So, with McCown, he was a guy that benefited again from... It was not Mark Trussman's system before all this time. So, this is one year, and Cutler was off to an amazing start. The best start of his season. So, with McCown going back to Lovey, I just worry about the... the I think you might get some, some early success. Look to trade, though, because I, I don't know that he can hold out the whole season. I agree, and I think as a backup, if he can't, it's easy to f- find his next replacement because things... Pop into the fray. I, I'm not saying pick three quarterbacks because I don't think that. And I'm not saying he's even a great quarterback. It. But if you just hold out, hold out, hold out, this is the kind of guy that he's starting day one. And he's got plenty of weapons. So um, I think another important thing here uh, that I'm, I'm just going to go into on, on the segue. No, no, no I, 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 I have it for you because okay. while he was that backup, I want to give you a guy right now, one of my sleepers, who is a backup and who has a potential because. There's it, it, it has the offense around him now that makes him really tantalizing. Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk Cousins. Look, RG three is going to run the ball. They're going to let him be RG three. If he takes one of those ridiculous weird hits and goes out, well, Kirk Cousins steps in. Now he's got uh, Jordan Reed. He's got um, uh, 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 Pierre Garcon. He's got Deshaun Jackson. And he's got Alfred Morris, and he's got all these other guys around him. He was great without Deshaun Jackson. Now you add that piece, whew, if he gets his chance, and it's a possibility. So if, I'm telling you this. If you draft RG3, you'd be a fool. I don't believe in and handcuffs. you're not a handcuff guy. I'm not a handcuff guy. I, well, so I was one. I was one. Thank you. This is one piece of advice that I've, I've given you. That's a handcuff guy. Because if he gets the opportunity, it's... If I draft RG3, there's no way I am not drafting Kirk Cousins. And I will overdraft him. Let's say I draft you, RG3. Those will be the only two quarterbacks you'll have. You'll correct. Say, I'm drafting Washington. And, and, and come that, that, that bye week, I'll figure something out. Totally. I agree. If you have I don't RG, care about bye RG, weeks either. If you have RG3 on your team, don't go too high, but make sure that it looks in the scheme of, of tiers and where other value and players that are Here's actual starters that are, you know, that, those first 32 starters. And again, Cousins is getting picked before the, 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 the starter on although, the... Although, thank God for this. We're I mean, talking wouldn't you about, pick Cousins before Henny? Well, hold on though, yes. But we're talking, Henny now is down around 30 in our rankings. Think about this. We have Tannehills and Let's Flacco's. We have Tannehills and Flacco's and EJ Manuel's in the 20 range. So where is where where does uh um you know where does I have Kirk... Henny above above um, Cousins right now. I have Cousins at number thirty eight in my eleventh tier, and I have Henny in my tenth tier at thirty four at that thirty four. But when I think about it, I talk here. To be honest, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna but get it. But you're not gonna. But, you, but, but with Kirk Cousins, it's one of those things. Don't. Here's. What, I want to give advice. Yeah. Don't be stupid by trying to be smart. Don't overwrap this guy. Here's what I'm saying. If you don't have RG3, don't try to be smart because you're actually being stupid yeah. by drafting Kirk Cousins, trying to bait the guy that's got RG3. Yeah. It's a dumb fucking move. Yeah, don't right. do it. Don't you, play you, that you, way. You, if you're going to draft RG3, then you draft uh, Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins. And I think you have to maybe reach. Maybe. Not, not necessarily because... I mean, it's probably like, what, 13th, 14th? No, even pick? later. I'm playing like second to last pick because okay, good. it's... it's the, well, that the, is the second position. last pick in your 16th. Well, 15th pick. And that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, well, where I'll go. In my, uh, I mean, I'm not, defense, my, defense with my third to last pick, then I go for him, and I pick my kicker with my last pick. All right. So, like. but, but, but the point is, I, with him, I, the position's deep, right? Quarterback, you got depth there. But if you draft RG3, it's just don't leave it to chance because God forbid he goes down and hurts himself in week one. On a freak, stupid play when he's running, as he slides out of bounds and slips on a tarp or something, right, and then hits the goddamn. What do you, what do you think this guy is, Kevin Cobb? <laughs> I've seen some stranger things, baby. Is Kevin Cobb in the league? He must still be. I don't know who he's got. Who, who he signed on? That with. injury last year. That, that was, was Buffalo, hilarious. right? Yeah, it's Buffalo. Season-ending injury. On the slipped on the tarp going into the, the tunnel. Oh my god. Like they, I think it was the game that he was supposed to start. It was, in the, by the way, preseason. Can you it was go the back? game that he was the QB one. Can you go back and, and find or that news feed I did? Because that was probably, as a writer, one of the, my most it. glorious news feeds that I've ever written in my entire life on Kevin Cobb. It's really easy to go to Kevin Cobb's page on Pyro and, and see it. Because I guarantee you there aren't too many. All right, so what we should do is let's just repost that as like a little mini piece somewhere. Remind me. I will. Okay. Kevin Cobb. There you go. Down. Next. All right. So let's go to, um, I'm going to do a, another guy, and it's Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt leaving, um, I know it's weird. It's weird because. Because I've been, t- I, I wanted to admonish his name. Yeah, you've told really. me and Dog never to mention his name again. He changed scenarios, and I read one thing that just made me, one, I, I know this guy's a nutcase. You read? I read a lot. Way too much, to be honest. Uh, but the fact is, this guy's only 25 years old. Mm. I was blown away by that, but then it made sense. He came in the league, a young green guy with a lot of upside and potential. He's shown flashes of it. He's had a couple good, nice little runs. Never anything, you know, amazing. But he did those moments with Fisher when he was at the Titans, and Fisher's bringing him over to. Let's be honest. We've been talking, and I like Tavon like you. Yeah. We've been talking about. Uh, Brian Quick. Brian Quick. Not We're talking about Givens who's gone. We've been yeah. talking about all these. Uh, Geddes is the other. Who, all these guys. They, no, that wasn't Geddes, but yeah, yeah. All the wannabes. Yeah, they, it's it's nothing good. So he's going to get some opportunities if he can keep his nose clean, which I think can happen much more in St. Louis uh, than than can even in Nashville. Um, He's, so, he's just got Tennessee on the other, other side of the Mississippi. That's all he's got. I, you're probably right. So, But I like him. I, I like the position that can happen, and he can come in here. and I, I He like, has a chance to compete. I liken it to almost to when, when like uh, a Sidney Rice went to the Vikings. I feel like it's a situation where... I'm more, here, i got a better scenario When Favre was there. No, how about Brandon Lloyd? Brand Lloyd to, to the Broncos. Right. Well, a guy, oh, you know, even when he went to the Bears. You know, a guy who's just been... He's fa- shit on the Bears. Right, okay, to the Broncos. When he's been failed, 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 failed. Right? People are just don't believe in him. 
and then he hits. I think he's not even there yet. If he fails in this one, he's still got that next next time. But I think he's going to be all right. So we don't need to talk about it more, and I agree. It's funny that I want to back him up, but I'm talking sleeper. I'm like, you're looking at guys, and you're like, this guy's going to start the, you know, keep an eye on it, but he's going to start with the wide receiver too on a, on a Bradford offense. He could get a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I don't know. Men don't get the women get their heart broke, they cry. Men don't do that shit. Men hold that shit in like it don't hurt them. Walk around and get hit by trucks. So did you see that truck? I said, motherfucker, he wouldn't have seen the 747. Because his heart was broken. Your heart was broken when you picking Kenny Britt. It, so I, I, I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a better I'm gonna give you a better sleeper right now. So um, if uh, the guy that I love, Roddy White. Okay. We talk about a sleeper. We talk about a guy again coming off of a horrible season from the year before, uh, in a situation where it's all good. Okay, what he did the last five weeks of the season, we've met. He was a top five fantasy wide receiver. So now you got to bring back Julio Jones. Julio Jones wasn't even playing with him in those last five games. Oh, by the way, Tony Gonzalez is gone too. Oh. Fantastic. We already mentioned what Devontae Freeman, if we don't trust in Steven Jackson, then that whole thing doesn't work. You have a pure pocket passer in uh, in Matt Ryan. It's all good. I'm telling you right now, Roddy White, who used to be targeted, and we, we were in our tears. Late, late second, early third round pick, four years in a row. Our last podcast, we did that, uh, 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 the value uh, picks. We were talking about, we were tears pick. We moved him way up. There's a reason. He's going to be good. He's still good. He's not over the hill. He was very injured last year and tried to tough guy through it. And the, the fact that I'll say about him, this guy is on the verge. I mean, he's got a few more years. He's got, I'd say he's got four more year career. And it's not heading in the, in, the, in the positive, positive direction. But he's not finished. This is a guy that probably will be a Hall of Famer. And probably he's the, definitely a fantasy Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Throw him in the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame for sure. No question. He's like... Probably a top 15 fantasy football career guy uh, there is. But he's probably going to be one of those guys. It might take him a while. He might be like an Andre Reed where it's like, you know, 15, 20 years later that he gets his action. But they're going to look and they're going to be like, you know what? This guy was a baller and, 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 and he's... We love Roddy. Well, no, no, what you're saying is... We were, we, were, we were so down... We, love, well, no, no, we were down on him last year because we were believing in... Wow! Look at the remember the target increase for Julio Jones, which was going to. Which, but we did an interview with him. And we I know, no, no, no. We love him as a guy. We, we still, just no, love him as a guy. Just, no, no. I, I, in my, in my, I always mention the sixteen team league with the, the, the three round ridiculous draft and all that. I drafted him as a rookie, and that was like one of the greatest draft picks that I ever made. Was Roddy White? That guy was like, I, I got, I got him like. In the second round, I got him. So it was like the twenty-fourth pick overall. Love steal. This guy, the pack, the fact that Julio Jones comes back, it doesn't hurt him anymore. Okay, because he's already taken that hit last year where he where he was where he was rough. He didn't put up the stats because he was hurt and he lost Julio Jones. But then when he finally came back, it all comes together. The targets that we expect, he's not being valued anymore in the top 15. We still looked at him in the top 20, though. I know that we moved him to, like, I have, like, a 17. So, Let go see. Roddy, baby. Love that guy. Let's you do know, it. Nothing more than Roddy. Dude. I'm ready to go uh, speed round whenever you need to, because I know that we're, we're long podcasters here. Yeah, but people know it. Let's go three and a half on this one. We, we, we seriously might. Hold I, on. Where is my Roddy? 
Oh, he's up there for me. You, where do you have him? Yeah, oh, I've got him at 15. Yeah. 15. So, yeah, Roddy's the man. He's at, Love he's that at, guy. He's at 15 for me. Okay. Oh, no, oh wait, wait. Is that my list? 15 sits in tier 5 for wide receivers for me right now. But I love the guy. He's he, he, great, great situation. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't say anything more about it. So, uh, a guy I like, a sleeper. I mean, he's a guy that I just know is going to be on my teams. And it's filling a void that I think just is not ever been filled. And it, actually, the segue after this, I'm going to talk about him briefly, is going to be your guy on the same team. Okay. And uh, I'm going to talk right now about Andrew Hawkins. All right. Comes... Uh, comes over from actually he's not on the same team. No, he, he used to be on that yeah, team. But the I'm reason like, why I don't have I don't have a yeah, Cleveland Brown. No, Cle- <laughs> yeah, Cleveland Brown. I, I I actually really like this guy. I think he's going to get a ton of opportunities. I still I, I didn't put Man Johnny in any right. of this stuff because I don't want to talk about, I him about every him show. As well. right. Of course, but we, we you know I don't want to be too much of a a lover of him. Uh, but I, I like Hawkins and what he's going to be able to do in that situation with probably. You know, Josh Gordon missing at least half the season. Other people seem to think half, but I think a, a, a full season. I think it's going to be Figure about at half least six games. At yeah. least six. At least six, maybe eight. Um, send a message heavily fine to say, hey. Because they're talking it. about changing the whole. They're going to lighten it anyway, right? They're going to lighten so, it, but but this is kind of like, hey, buddy, this is like a last straw. Do you want to get nixed out of the league for like two years? And I don't know if he's smart enough to get it, to be honest. Same way Blackman. Yeah, I was going to say, it might be called the Gordon Blackman. I was going to say, it might be called the Gordon Blackman rule. Seriously, it sounds like a law firm, but it's more of like a weed weed uh, medicinal. More of like a moron firm. Jesus, but God. Just, can you, can you, marijuana's good, but riding around on a, on a G4 jet and being the leader of the league in wide receiver yards with two games short, that's better. I mean, Being like the newest hero at the at the sexiest want, position in sports, wide receiver. Next podcast, can we do the all weed team? Only if we have a lot of weed ourselves. Okay, we can do that. So, <laughs> uh, can we do the all weed team next time? <laughs> yes, that'll be a segment. Like, like, I'm gonna bring my whizinator with me. Oh, I'm wearing mine right now. <laughs> what was his name? You don't Ontario, wear that every podcast. Ontario Smith, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Ontario Smith. Ontario Smith. That Vikings. was the best. But I'm very surprised and kind of offended. You don't wear a Wizenator every show? Well, I you mean, think that I'm, you don't think that I'm Josh Gordon. Gordon. If you you're don't Josh think Gordon, I'm going to test you? Listen, if you're Josh Gordon, why wouldn't you have a Wizenator on at all you're times? You're going to get tested. By Josh the way, listen have to the audience, a... from now on, we're going to do random uh, with drug piss testing for Houdini. You know what's going to happen? Survey says, eh. And you know what? We're going to have testing for D-Rex. Survey says, eh. Dogmatica? Oh, you might be okay. And eh. No, but Dogmatica will only have to respond. He'll only have to, it'll be, he'll be the second person in the family to go. He'll only have to get like 18 points and you close it out. You win. The family showcase is yours. Dogmatica goes All you through. have to do is 18 points. He's going to come up at 17. No, all you have to do to get 18 points, <laughs> all you have to do to get 18 points is not look at your phone. Oliver <laughs> <laughs> Dollar. All right, let's get back to sleepers. So I want to throw out a guy that I really love this year. A guy that had been CJ2K, who is CJ No K now, now goes to the Jets. Look at the situation that he has as far as strength schedule. It is phenomenal. The Jets have the second easiest schedule for running backs. Yes, Chris Ivory is is 
potentially the lead back, but is there really a lead back? No. And I think that's what makes Chris Johnson good. He tried to be the lead back, was the lead back in Tennessee for the last four or five years since he's been there. And But what he tried to do was always try to break the big run after he had the 2,000-yard season. He's doesn't need to take the beating on the inside. So let Chris Ivory, who's most likely going to probably get the first series, even if not potentially the first and second series, what that's going to do is him inside carrying the ball, which the Jets are going to continue to employ the ground and pound. Then you let Ivory weaken the defense by by pounding on uh, left and right. Then you bring in the change of pace. You bring in Chris Johnson. You can get him screen passes. You can let him have a draw. You can get him different ways to move the offense around and to get him uh, the ball where he can be dynamic, and that's what he needs to be. Where he's struggled is because where he's getting all the cares and trying to break one every single time. Where he's going to be successful is where he's not being counted on to, to, to do it every single time, but when he, he's going to come out when he's fresh and the defense is winded. And then he can use his speed to his advantage because it's all about using his speech to his advantage. Well, we, I, you know we disagree here. I think this is a team and a coach and an owner that is in New York and has had a Super Bowl winner, uh, two of the last four Super Bowls in the, in the Giants, uh, in playing in the same stadium. And, you know, obviously signing Vic and signing Chris Johnson, they're, 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 they, they know they've got to at least be competitive and have some highlight uh, real and some big-name big guys. And I think... You've seen it before when Ladanian Tomlinson went over to the Jets after Sean Green had the epic uh, game right, right, right. in the playoffs. Yeah. It didn't matter. They went with the name that was in a, a twi- more of a twilight of his career than even, I think, CJ2K is. Well, so you're going to back me up here then? You're saying that he's going to be better with less carries because of the system. I think he's going to flat out be the guy. What, I, I mean, I, what don't I'm think, is I know that's going to happen. What I'm saying Ivory, is, hold on, let me go on. But Ivory. This guy is brittle as hell. Well, no, no, that's what I was going to say. We've been talking about him since three He's years, four years ago. He's a guy that has improved either, right? Yeah. Four years ago back in the Saints, this guy cannot play a, a back-to-back games almost. Right, but I think they're going to use Ivory to weaken the defense for Chris Johnson. Instead of making Chris Johnson what he had to do with Tennessee, which was I, take I, the beating for that. the first two series of the game... Let Ivory have the first couple of series of the game. We can then down a little bit. Then you bring in Chris Johnson. And I agree with that. Yeah, but I he'll, think he'll Johnson still, will get more, more oh, touches. I, it, who's the starter and who gets more carries? That's, that's, that's okay. stupid. I, okay. I hate when people look at that. It's a, it's a running back by committee, though. He's no longer going to be the 22, 23, 24 carry guy. I agree with He's that. He's going to be a 14, 15, 16 carry guy. But he'll... His 14, 15, 16 carries can be a lot more effective if Ivory has 10 carries first. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, good point. Very good point. All right, uh, another guy that's kind of in that same mold that was playing there with uh, Ivory when he was in the, at the Saints and still there. Remember we thought he might be a guy that was moving in free agency? Resigned Pierre Thomas. Yeah, I love what we you know. Again, Darren Sproles is gone. Pierre Thomas was the guy who, who does everything. He is the absolute dual threat running back. Jack he, Knight. He, he, and, and he's also trusted by Sean Payton, trusted by Drew Brees. Uh, are they, who are they going to trust to give the ball in the red zone? Is it going to be Mark Ingram or is it going to be uh, Pierre Thomas? Who's more dynamic? Who's not? When, when Mark Ingram's out there, what's the threat of the pass? Pretty much about 5%. 
<laughs> and they've already kind of made it known by not re-signing him already and then signing Pierre Thomas. I don't think that Mark Ingram even thinks he's going to be sticking around. No. He's on the way out. They've got him on his rookie contract still. They didn't up his ante. He, he's not going to be playing can with I give the Saints you, next year. Can I give you the scary? The Pierre scary. will be. Can we give you the scary on Pierre? Here's why Pierre, undervalued by people, I don't get it. Prior to last year, had never had more than 50 catches in a season. Do you know that Darren Sproles was on the Saints last year? Do you know that Pierre Thomas had 77 catches last year? Jesus. He had 77 catches with... 147 carries. Here's the difference. Now that Sproles is gone, he'll still probably have probably 77, if not 90 catches, and he'll probably have closer to 180 to 200 carries. Well, who else is going to be running the ball? Couldn't it, eh, they just are passing attack. I hear you. You're right. I, I love it. I think you're right. You and you and uh, Dog have been high on Pierre Thomas for ages. He's always kind of he hasn't. Peaked. He hasn't like he hasn't really done the ceiling of what he can, uh, but I do agree that he's capable of it. And for them resigning him and keeping him around, I, I think, and the team kind of making a little bit of a change in uh, of guard, I think he's going to get more opportunities than he has had before. Well, and I mean, do you think Breeze is going to throw for five thousand yards this season? I think it's absolutely a good chance. <laughs> I did too. Look, look I know, I, 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 we, know the, we know the brand. I haven't. I'm not. He's I my second. Not, he's my second quarterback. I have Drew Brees is my second quarterback. So you know that I love Drew Brees. Pierre Thomas is my 29th rated running back. Here's the thing. I love what Pierre Thomas has, but he's still not valued super high. He's not valued as a starting running back. I got him 36. And you should move him up a little bit because I disagree. Because what he'll do, especially if you're in PPR. Oh my God, it's ridiculous! You need to have this guy as your backup, yeah. as the guy that when your guys are on, your two starters are on by. This is the guy you want to plug in. All right, next guy, next Zach guy. Ertz, tight end. Let's move to a different position. All right, Zach talk Ertz. to me quickly about this fella. All right, so let's move quick. So Zach Ertz again. Brent Selleck is at the twilight of his career as far as what his his is. Upside is Zachary showed us a lot last year. He now knows the Chip Kelly offense. He is big part of what they're going to be doing there in Philadelphia. Chip Kelly, as you said, is going to want to run how many more plays? Uh, exorbitant amount more plays. And so Zach Ertz is going to be a big part of that as well. So listen, look and 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 see how Foles like throwing to this guy. He he had flashes last year. Don't sit. Don't 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 sleep on Zach Ertz. This guy's a true sleeper, has potential to be a top 10 tight end before it's all said and done. I mean, he might be the kind of guy that in that offense is just like, and if he is, I'm with you, sell high, sell, sell, sell. But through like four weeks, it might be one of those kind of like uh, Vernon Davis or um, uh, uh, Antonio Gates four or five years ago. Remember four or five years ago through the first four or five games? Yeah. He was the MVP. He's Absolutely. Dominating everyone. I think this guy has that kind of upside where I don't think he's going to sustain it because he is just going to be in a sophomore he, season. But, but he, he has the potential because, look, Ronald Cooper has right improved it. Day. Jeremy Macklin, who we believe in, has improved it. None of the he's, guys, this year, he's this year's Jordan Cameron for right. starters. Oh, he no could, doubt. He could play it out, but he's going to start strong and be like, dude, why did I sleep on this guy? And here's the worst part, I guarantee you, during preseason games. He's going to blow his cover. He's going to light it up. Yeah. He's going to blow, blow his cover. His cover. <laughs> That's what we're going to call that from now on. Blown we, cover. We came, we came out with this in February. 
He blew his cover. That's it. It was a sleeper, but his cover's been blown. Stay away. His cover's been blown. Well, I'll do a, a quick, quick mention on a guy that came out of nowhere this week uh, because of words by a player that's a top, uh, you know, uh, Reggie Bush I've got as my 18th running back. He basically came out this week and said, you know what? This guy, Theo Reddick, who comes from uh, Notre Dame, uh, he basically was a rookie last year, but didn't do a thing. I think he was banged up. You know, they had uh, they had a good little mix of, of running backs there. But this guy is dynamic, stocky, but you know he might be a lot like that um, that guy that, that the, um, the the rookie, Vikings, Vikings uh, yeah, guy. Jared McKinnon, yeah, McKinnon. Um, My boy. But he's got that kind of stuff. And Reggie Bush came out and said, you know what, the, the line, our offense is going to get this guy some touches. This guy's that that dynamic. He, he's he, he's not an every down back, but this is a dynamic dude. And he went from on zero nobody's radar and thinking oh, this is a guy that had some promise in in college to nothing. But he might get some opportunities, so keep your eye on him. And this is going to be like a trendy guy right now to keep an eye on. But fuck it, keep an hey. eye on this guy. He could be a nice stasher. Not only that, this is there are plenty of guys I know that listen to us that are in deep leagues that are in. 14 team, 16 team, 18 team leagues, or leagues that go 20, 24, 30 round dynasty drafts. guys that you don't have to sign, right? Keep on, keep off. This is those. This is so. This is a guy who's a deep sleeper. This is one of those guys. Yeah, it's it's. If you're in a 14, 16 team league, have him on your radar. Don't 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 be asleep at the wheel on this one. That, then the most the puns reason, are coming late. The reason more than anything else, Bush, yeah, pretty much injury prone. Joy Bell is great. I'm going to give you another reason. Detroit. No, they're not going to compete it. this year. They're good, but they don't... But, but here's another point. That's equal. They are a fantasy power team. They are. They are a fantasy power team. So when it comes to fantasy football, that offense is going to produce at least four players within the top 60. But, and here's, but here's what I'm saying also. is that, that If other guys are injured, he could be one of the guys in that mix. The biggest Bush pro- was. We'll see, how, we'll see how Jim Caldwell's effect is because I've seen predictions for the Lions as winning as few as four games up to as winning as many as 11 or 12 games. No doubt. I'm not, I believe more so in that the Bears and the, and, the, and the Packers are the cream of that division. I see the Lions being more of a... Because you think uh, Calvin's going to get hurt. No, that's dog. Okay. No, no, that's dog. I think it more of the fact that it's still trying to teach that defense discipline that doesn't have it in Detroit, that has just been, you know... Ran wild under Schwartz. I think Caldwell's going to bring it more, you know, in tune. But it's going to take time, and they're going to step on their uh, on their foot many times throughout the season. And I think that leads them to be like a, at best, eight and eight, but more likely a seven, nine, six, and ten team. And if that's the case, now here's the case for your guy because okay, we already paid Reggie Bush all this money, all this stuff. Okay, we're already out of it. We need to see what we have on our own assets. This is where sleepers become. Uh, virtue of their surroundings. Part of that surroundings are is uh, like uh, w- with Latavius Murray. It's a team that has veterans that you know what they do. But if we're a bad, no, no, I know. But if, but if we're a bad team, we want to find like out. Like I'm using your own words on you. Yes, but, <laughs> no, no, but but it still works on both ways. If you're Oakland and you're you're suffering, right? You've already you're out of it by by week ten. All right, you're two and eight. It's over. 
Well, Latavius Murray, you know what? And you're, you're a guy who's in a week 11, 12, 13, going into your, your final run, and you sat on him and you picked him up early because they suck. They're like, screw you, MJD. Screw you, Darren McBen. So many, there's so many ways that a guy <coughs> like this and, and a player like uh, Theo can... Guess what I'm saying? To, no, I know. I right. Know, I know. I'm on board with you. It could be when great. It could be great success. It could be injury. It could be being terrible. No, but part and of it, it could be. What if, what a if they big dominate? part of it is a team being terrible? But hold on. What if they're? What if? What if the Lions? And I'm not putting this yeah. past them. Go eight and zero. Oh yeah. And they're like, oh, we're in the playoffs. We're killing it, Reggie. You are going to be getting a light load. We're in the play. They, it's capable of that. This, or I know you don't. There's or so they're running. Or they're running him hard. And he gets and he gets injured. Yeah, no. So, there's three. There's the, there's the trifecta, and either of them with that team, well, work, no, no. especially because the highest p- point on that is they score fantasy. So let's, let's look at this trifecta because this is a whole other thing. We we see we just uncovered a whole other potential article, yeah. or whatever. Too three, three different because ways it, that you can get value. Well, out of, uh, how uh, out to be a sleeper in three different ways. It's it's. Do you have the potential of being a, a sleeper because you have the talent and you're going to get the opportunity? Do you have the potential to be because you have the talent, and the people ahead of you are old and injured. Uh, do you have the potential because your team sucks and they need to see what they have in their young players? If all these factors are are a go, like you know that your team's not going to be win, not going to be a playoff team. Oakland can say that. Yes, I don't. I think we're we're looking for trending upward, but we're it would be a miracle if we made the playoffs. Uh, we and, have, and we have, we have, we're gonna be in the bottom third in fantasy points. We, all teams. correct. We have, we don't have uh, our most dynamic receiver is James Jones, who's besides the one touchdown crazy season he had with uh, Aaron Rodgers, has never been more than a number three wide receiver at any point in time. He's now our number one. Uh, we have Darren McFadden, who can never stay on the field, and we have uh, MJD, who is beyond his prime and has not been able to stay on the field consistently. So you have all these things. Those are major factors that say, yes, Latavius Murray is a great sleeper because come playoff time, when they're out of it, he gets all the carries. And here's that freak dude that you look at that dude's lineup, right? You're like, oh, I got this guy in the front. He's starting Latavius Murray against me. Those are the guys that just shit on you. And they shit all over you with 35 fucking points. I still do it to this day. And I know the minute when I do it, when I look at somebody's lineup, I'm like, oh, my God. Got Golden Tate in there, and then right after that, like, no, no, why'd you say that? Go back in time. Let me go back. You can't do it. Literally, I just do it. I'm like, why would you ever think that? Because you why did you think that or say that in your head? And then you, you know, you know, you know, for the next three days, you're like, Golden Tate, that motherfucker, because I stoop my stupid ass. It's like when you're hot in basketball and you're making a shot. You're like, holy fuck, do I roll? After you say that in your mind, you don't make another shot. Right, right. Because you've seen it before. And every black person I saw that seemed to remind me of someone from here, man. I walked down the street, I go, that motherfucker looks like Joe Frazier. Oh, God damn. Right, he'd be the president of the bank, right? I go, God damn. I wish Joe Frazier could see this motherfucker. Or someone here, like, is a wino. You see him over there, man, they'd be a diplomat. You go, what is a wino? God damn. Get down with that. We're getting yeah. down tonight, getting baby. down. We are getting down getting tonight. Down. And we're about to broach the three-hour mark. Let's uh, do it. We got a couple more guys to go. 
Fire it up. All right. Um, I'm going to close out right here with a guy that it's really simple. I like Toby Gerhardt. You do. I, I know I think, you do. I think, I, I think the value is there because he's white, because he is who he is, because of situations, and just because he's white and he's a running back that's a heck and no one's really like some black guys or white guys. So can uh, I, can I, I'm going to do a little cross breeding. Unless they went Miami to Zonka. Miami Zonka. Yeah. I like my white running. You're going to get. You're going to get the value. Okay. He's going to. He's now. If he does anything, it's a different story. But if he doesn't, Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. You don't know who I'm talking about, though. No, no. I'm I was telling the other white I, running back that failed yeah. when oh. he got the chance. I, and he the was thing. a Madden cover. Peyton Hillis failed. And this is why I'm segueing to the guy. All right, let's do it. Toby Gerhardt. <gasps> I wait, think wait. he's going to fail. But Riders I like on him. the storm. Riders on the storm. Into Florida we're born. Stone Johnson is gonna be a sleeper. For D Rex. For D Rex. I'm gonna <laughs> go bang Pam and write another track. Yeah, we, we, Storm Johnson. Love this guy. Yeah. If he if it goes. You're Gerhard, higher than I am. You're like Gerhardt. It's more of like just an opportunity thing. You're if right. Gerhard does what you think Gerhard's going to do. It's by three pieces. And this guy's great. The the guy who's the incumbent is not proven. The rookie. Well, no, no. Gerhard. No, Storm's a rookie. He yeah. was taken late, but he also was from the same school as their first round pick, Blake Bortles. Yep. Who they put all their faith in. So here's a guy that, at the same time, what they're looking at is going, how can we make things better for our quarterback? Here's a, a running back that knows the tendencies of our quarterback, whether he's a guy who's going to be on the field or can teach our other guys what his tendencies are so they can be better blockers for him. At the third overall, Blake goes, I'm going to just be honest. I'm not liking my my protection and the way that uh, dumbass Toby G is grabbing this stuff. We need to get Storm an opportunity. The team's going to be like, okay. Let's give it a shot this week in practice. Let's give it some game time. The problem is, though, Storm was a seventh-round draft pick. So just understand, this was the 222nd pick in the draft. I love that kind okay. of stuff. Okay. This is a sleeper. I love that. No one's going to be on Storm Johnson unless he blows up on four. Or unless some people in your league are chewing peyote. Riders on the stone. I saw a dead Indian on the road. <laughs> Ghost Highway. <laughs> I love that stuff. I'm done. All right, let me give you two I'll more. Interject stuff, but I'm done with uh, with my sleepers. So, you know what? I'll, as we roll close, hey, do your thing. You no, don't no, have I'm to gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know we're we're rolling into three hours and we're rolling on the storm and we're taking it where it goes. Yeah, you don't have to rush too much. I'm not rushing anymore. Because, you know, sometimes you just, you've had enough to drink and it's good. I don't know, man. I used to get drunk and try to talk, but you can't never understand a drunk, and he'll explain anything to you. <laughs> Please come up. What happened here? Oh, 
She got drunk outside. Yeah. Mother get drunk, start crying. Yeah. I love following that guy because I sound sober as all fucking hell. <laughs> so let me talk to you about Marvin Jones, a guy that I really like. So Marvin, you know, again, I'm not overvaluing him. Where you were, you know, in my tears. We we we've, we've talked on many podcasts about where I'm, you know, I really like what this guy has uh, to offer. You, you you look at the simple fact of his touchdown production. He was just a guy that Andy Dalton looked for in the red zone. When A.J. Green's covered, his first look was not to Tyler Eifert. It was not to Jermaine Gresham. It was to Marvin Jones. That was his next progression of where he was going. So, um... Had a huge season. He had 1,000 yards, right? No, I don't think he had 1,000 yards. Really? No. I'll tell you. Oh, you're right. He had 10 touchdowns, though. Right. See, that's that's the whole thing. Everything that he did with he He had a lot of yards, though, I think. It might have been 900. Alright, uh, his doing? numbers were, he had uh, 712, 51 catches, 712, 14 yards per reception, 10 touchdowns. It was the touchdown, and he had the one game was the four touchdown game, which was just ridiculous. And did it was all in the history of fantasy start him that week? I did. Come on. I did. How? I had picked him up the week before, and I, and, and I started him. No wonder, listening audience, this just shows. The reason why Houdini loves this guy is because he won. Because he won you weeks week. among the leagues. Absolutely, no, no one league. One league. 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 But I, oh. I agree. He's he's got that. He's got that talent. But if you're and a situation. guy, you know, what's the one thing that we've talked? We've talked about this since we started talking football. Since I met you in 2011, when who's the opposite of AJ? Who can who can? No, fill what that I role? says. What makes a wide receiver? Does a guy catch touchdowns, or is he a guy who just catches? You know, yeah. plays inside the other yards. If he's a guy who always can catch touchdowns and he can add the other part and he has a world-class top four wide receiver across from him, how is he not a sleeper? And he didn't get paid this season, right? And they gave he did no, and so they were, he's still he's still fighting to be that he's other that other guy that can get he's that. Not, he's nice, still on his rookie contract, he, even not, if it's just an Andre Roberts he can't type even, contract. He, can't he doesn't even, have that. He can't even renegotiate until after this year. Exactly. And so the other thing was he lost all those touches last year to Muhammad Sanu. Do you think he's going to lose those touches this year to Muhammad Sanu? And he lost some to Andre Hawkins. He got hurt, but when he was gone, he was getting some stuff. And now he's gone. I agree. All right. I like it. You know what? You sold him more in that moment than ever before. Marquise Wilson. I like being drunk. (laughs) All right. Marquise Wilson uh, obviously worked out all offseason this year with Brandon Marshall and Alshon. Or maybe not all offseason. Yeah, he did. Spent some time. He spent his time on his hip. Yeah, he's he's learning. Didn't you see him on The View? He was actually tucked away there next to him (laughs) behind his chair. He was just just hanging out, man. What's going on? I want to sign just one. Not an extension of $30 million. I want to sign... A, a, a career thirty million, and he, he's doing the right things, and he's learning from the right guys, and he's in the right system. Marquise Wilson, 
I don't think you know. Again, this is a this is a guy that if an injury happens to one of those studs, that in all honesty, Houdini's got Alshon higher than I do, and I've got but 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 both them top ten, right? Both them top ten. I like Marshall a little bit more, but Bears we talk about all the time. Bears. Uh, wide receivers. There's two fantasy football wide receivers in the Bears in the top ten, and we followed the Bears Marshall's those two though. Two for me. Earl Bennett was a guy who did very well with Jay Cutler, and this is the third because they had that position. Vanderbilt connection. And but the thing about Marquise Wilson, this guy was he had issues where he got he didn't play his whole senior year. He walked off his team. He had the greatest stats ever as a junior or whatever it was. And walked off, and they got taken by the Bears as a seventh round pick, hmm. not because of talent, because of all the offseason, all the off field issues. Now you have him working with not one elite receiver, but two elite receivers that like they, to work. That like to work. That work. Mark Trustman gotta get work, work. Can I throw this out too? Let's throw a little uh, uh, kudos out to Mark Trestman. I, I read on Bleacher Report. They, uh, under the NFL facts, it was also under the Bears page, of course, uh, how Trestman eliminated hazing from their locker room last year. And that was one of the things that, like, he when he came to Chicago, he's like, in Canada, he learned, I didn't want to have it. And then we saw this whole thing blow up, obviously, with Incognito and, and uh, Martin over in Miami for all the hazing incidents. That wasn't happening in Chicago. So what they're saying is because of the way that he treated people and, and, and Kyle Long, who was the rookie last year, brought this up, that because of the way that that, that can breed winning, because you're, 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 you go... It's a cohesive team and, unit. The, not... Yeah, well, the thing that the Trestman said, the quote that uh, I'm not going to... Don't, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to say it exactly, but I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, the quote was, you know, these guys are here to help you. So why are you making their life shit and make them not like you? Yeah. Uh, they're here to help you win games. So so it, it's I've never all about. I understood that dynamic, and it, it, it's it's weird that it that it isn't something that's been stamped out. It's just and so it's not that it's not that you're entitled. Because Kyle Long said, "We knew we weren't getting hazed. Did that mean that we knew that didn't think that we were rookies? Hell no. I mean, give, we give, knew we were rookies. Give, give you, give them a bill at, at Ruth Chris. Well, no, no. Do, do little. Have you heard like about that. those? Like uh, the guy from uh, Holloway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, from yeah. Dallas, the fifty-five thousand dollar bill because they they all ordered shots of Louis the Thirteenth, yeah. a twelve hundred dollar shot. Can I be honest? Drink. I can't mention any names, and I will not mention any names in this. But I had a great friend that I grew up with who actually had as well. Um, a terrific brother, and both of them worked at a, at, at a good restaurant bar slash, uh, you know, whatever in the in the city of Chicago. And this is probably this is probably ninety six ninety seven year. Uh, we used to go there, eat nice steaks, eat great food, pay a lot of money, and, and drink a lot at the bar. But we would shut the place down and stay afterwards. The place did very very well, so I don't think we were hurting the bottom line or nothing. But we used to drink Louis the Fourteenth shots. Thirteenth, Louis the Thirteenth shots all the time. <gasps> Bastards going into the with a key into the into the 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 the, the, the glass box, Listeners. grabbing it, and we would literally just like this is literally nine hundred dollars. <laughs> the best, the worst part, listeners. They would then go and grab the eighteen-year-old McCallum and pour it into the Louis the. 13th. 
We did none of that. We just took it. We didn't return back to the bathroom. No, that reminds me of the story my uncle told me when I was uh, working for him in sales, and, and my cousin Pete is one of my best one of my best friends. He good uh, man, good man. He, he amazing man, and he. He my he was nineteen or seventeen years old when he was in college. He was high school, I think. No, senior high school, and they got into his uh, uh, my uncle's vodka, and they drank the vodka and they poured water in it to, to match the level. So my uncle brings home a real influential person. He's like, I got this great bottle of vodka for you, and he pours it. The guy's like. That really doesn't taste very good. And then, then he goes up to my cousin Pete. He goes, he basically wanted to slap him side head and be like, you son of a bitch. If you're going to drink my liquor, either, drink re- the either replace it, don't fucking ruin it and water it down, you son of a bitch. Don't drink the expensive shit. Drink the drink the Walshmit. Drink the fucking uh, no, or, no, no. Or if you're gonna drink it, leave the money for me so I can buy the real bottle. You know of that's dope. not gonna happen. Right, right. That's you're not gonna fucking happen. stupid rat ass kid. If, if, if your palate doesn't doesn't appreciate it, so it doesn't me, matter. Right. So let me go back to Marquise Wilson. So why he's a great sleeper, Louis the Thirteenth. In the Bears, thanks for those shots. Yeah, those were fun. Those are great. Probably about ten of them. I never had one. <laughs> So, ten of them. Ten of them. That, that means that I drink ten, ten grand. No, almost ten grand. Yeah, worth. ten grand. No, it's actually like almost thirteen thousand worth. Fourteen thousand. This was also this was late nineties. Yeah, so it's probably so even worth if, more than. If, no, because we're, we're in the depressed inflation. economy right now. No way. It's a depressed inflation. economy. That Much was always less. expensive. Stupid alcohol and people and the expensive right. bullshit. It's just different. It only would have cost you nine thousand back then. God, that was awesome. Yeah, we good times. We, we knew the nineties. The nineties. Good times. Um, so Marquise Wilson, what I love about him is that he, he's going to get opportunities anyway because the Bears are a high-powered offense. They are going to be doing things, and they love what he brings because is our Elshon Jeffrey or Brandon Marshall burners? No, he is, and he's also six foot four, six foot three. It would be the tallest. This is a slot receiver who'd be six foot three. This is the tallest wide receiver. Big. Yes. Jesus. This is the most ridiculous wide receiving core you've ever seen when you add Martellus Ben in there. No one's shorter than six foot three. Does it scare you a little bit that this is all going to pop? Is going to eat itself? No, but what it does is it also here's why here's why he, I like Marquise almost the most as we talk about. Well, it. right, because as a sleeper, God forbid one of those guys goes down. Here's a guy who's not a slot guy trying to fill in that other role. Sounds like he's going to be uncoverable. He's, he's a prototypical type. Of, yeah, and he was the number one receiver. I think it was in like Washington or something where he played. Ridiculous. Anyway. Awesome. All right. You got uh, you got another wide receiver. Let's talk about your guy. Yeah. You talk. my guy. All right. Marquise Lee, love the guy. You, you, you look, last season, his numbers were down. He, there was a whole number of reasons. I, I want to blame it mostly on... Uh, on uh, whatever that coach's name is, but bad quarterback situation. Kiffin was Kiffin. Kiffin. Right, right, yeah. Marquise uh, Lee was, was fired. Was you know, was fired and left. They left him on a. That guy's a big piece of shit. shit. Yeah, he should never get a he job. Literally got left. The bus again. left without him. Can you imagine being a player on a team that hated that guy and seeing the bus pull away from a guy you hated? Those coach just got fired and he's not on the bus in the middle, almost of nowhere. Can I tell you, like the dinner I would never want to have is with him. And uh, Pettibone, isn't that the fucker that left uh, the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, yeah. For, uh, and those then, two guys. And then, well, uh, or, 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 and then how about, how about the dinner where I was like, how about the dinner I'd like to say hi and drop a hand grenade? That would be those guys. Would be what life. about Nick Saban? You know what? At least he wins. I don't like Nick Saban. He's a dick, but he wins. He's a dick. But he wins. Uh, 
But let's go to let's go to another uh, Marquise Lee. So he's got an opportunity. This is a rookie from USC. Yeah, USC. Two years ago, he had would have been a best, top eight. Pick. Had one of the best seasons in the history of college, uh, football. college football. I mean, just just unbelievable. I, I actually threw the, I didn't throw it away, but I I moved the graphic. But his stats are just insane. So uh, love what he's going to do. He's going to get slotted right away. You got shorts. Uh, Blackman's out. Who knows how long? The team says they're still down with being with him. Uh, they also drafted Robinson, a guy out of Penn State that um, was was highly touted. If he had come out last year, he would have been late first round. But, they said. And, and but again, I only view him as a possession type receiver. I agree, but he's just he's a guy. That he's they a good got, They got it. They got a good player. Here, but let, let me interject real quick. Higher ranked last year, likely. What, why? And again, you have reason to have love on Marquise Lee because. Yes, it is all rookies, right? But because it's all rookies, I'm going to go all Bill Cosby on you. Because it's all rookies, you got a chance for him to play on almost every down with a jello pudding pop. So I'm telling you, this is good for Lee because he's going to be the guy that's going to get more targets than Robinson. Because I I think he's truly the better talent. And, 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 And again... Having that with these young guys, and here's if you're in a dynasty league, oh my god, here's a, a, re, a main reason to go after Marquise Lee because these guys are going to be developing and growing with each other over the next couple of years together, all rookies and whatever. That chemistry, you cannot buy that. You look and you see when chemistry, when a guy's been a receiver for four years and then he finally meets a quarterback who's been around for, four, for five years and they come together. When they grow together, look at Andrew Luck, look at T.Y. Hilton, look at results. Well, it's it's simple. Two years ago for USC in uh, 2012, Marquise uh, Lee has a Pac-12 record of 118 catches, and he has a Pac-12 record of 1,721 yards. Jesus, Louises. He's just a machine. And... You know, a guy that I love, we won't talk about him at all, but Brandon Cooks from there is a guy that's t- neck and neck with him on, on stats. And I think both those guys are going to take the league by storm because they've got that elusiveness. They want to be great. And I don't know. I just, I just think they're underestimated. I kind of felt the same way about Crabtree and, um, and Macklin uh, a, a few years ago. And part of that's coming together. And if Macklin has the year you're, you think he's going to be, yeah. I think these guys are similar where it's a draft class where these guys are going to be out of a, a huge number they of guys. Have the, they have a great benefit in this draft class that they're going to play as rookies. And they've got a great situation. And they're exactly. all and they're trying to build the organization around these guys. So no they're doubt. going to be giving every chance to succeed. Let me close out with close one final guy. Ladarius Green, don't forget about this yeah. guy. Antonio Gates is, is nearing the end of his career. Uh, they are looking for other dynamic weapons and other game breakers. He proved he's a game breaker. They will go to two tight end sets. He will be out there. Antonio Gates will be drawing the early coverage, and he's going to be the one making the bigger plays. When you're thinking about sleepers and just game film and watching some games, some of the plays that he made last year were ridiculous, and I agree. The upside of him, if that offense and the Chargers can be uh, consistent at all, he is going to be awesome. Is this our longest podcast ever? I don't know. We're close. It's top, it's top five. You wanted some depth of knowledge. We give you more than we know how to. This is all true.
And the beautiful thing is it's actually not too late because we started the podcast right. a little bit early. And the other so, best part is if you like that Richard Pryor, good. If you didn't, fuck you because you're going to get another dose of it in the next podcast. I hope it sounds good. My ears are kind of fucked up to certain sounds. We may we might keep the good speakers we'll down here, we'll though. It will be better off next week. It, and I'll make sure you know with a better uh, ear for the stuff. If it sounds good, we are going to keep it. No matter what. Through. We got the good speakers here for next week. We can we can upgrade. Oh, that sucks. I mean, you ever, I really you ever see the uh, speaker? When I hear upgrade, my office. You ever hear, You ever see the movie Idiocracy? No, we talked about that. Upgrade. I need to see it. Need to right. see it. All, right. All right. Hey, Houdini. It was awesome talking to you. We got uh, Valverde. Valverde. We Valverde tonight, and it was awesome. He was fun as hell, and and gave us some of his mind share. So awesome stuff. Three hours uh, and 15 minutes. We talked so much that the sky started to cry. Good night, guys. We love Later. So it doesn't roll into the next song. I can always edit that. So here's what I want to tell you. What a great Evan podcast. And I want to tell you that no one else in the industry, they hate us. 
why they hate us is yeah. because they can never do a podcast this long because and make it so and make it be that make it be that interesting. Yeah, no, it's not, there's no doubt. We need to embrace that. 